Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Five here on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 here on this hump day. Roku TV, Amazon, Fire, and Apple TV. Don't forget, you can uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify us, and you can download the apps directly at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com, and don't forget, you can also subscribe for the uh, annotated notes every single day, delivered to your inbox, as well as delivered to your well, right in the morning, you get the Rock of Talk dot blast. We got a lot of show to get to before we jump into the show. I'm just going to say, you know, uh, I can relate both the top and the bottom of that uh, top of the hour broadcast that was coming in from, uh, I think, the best in the business. They are the best news break uh, that is now, in my opinion, they've surpassed Fox News, uh, CNN, ABC, NBC. I've given them kudos. They take good direction. I think they've got a good in, uh, handle on the interpretations that are coming out uh, of the news stuff. And USA Radio Networks is doing a tremendous job. So uh, kudos to them. And they're signing people on. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with some of the input that we're supplying back to them. But Dowd, and by the way, I'm continuing to be down here at the Hotel Paso del Norte back tomorrow at the dry air conditioned. As you can see, I have my little uh, show notes right there. All right there, just steps away from Ciudad Juarez uh, here for my final day. I got got to tell you, uh, El Paso is one of those places I feel like never leaving until last night at about 1.28 a.m. No, exactly at 1.28 a.m. when some deranged lunatic weatherman. Uh, is every weatherman a deranged lunatic at, at this point? I think so. It's like Al Roker. You all know who the guy is, right? He's yelling about the direct. Derecho, derecho, uh, as yelling about the haboobs or habibs or whatever those are called. And then these were, these, it was, he was talking about like it was storms of the century. And I'm like, why is the TV on? Why is the TV on? I'm saying to myself, like, how did this, how did this all happen? Well, I happened to be watching as I was going to bed last night, which I never do. And I happened to be watching. Yes, folks, Jimmy Fallon. I was listening and watching to Jimmy Fallon. And what I saw take place last night was essentially a satanic ritual on TV. Now, you may have missed this. You don't watch late night TV. But this was a satanic ritual coupled with Jimmy Fallon and Jared Leto. You want to you wanna see some crazy, zany, satanic stuff? Uh, just look up Jared Leto and the things that he's involved in and uh, check out all this kind of stuff. And then you hear this top of the hour news and I'm thinking to myself like, wow, this is weird. This time of year, the vernal equinox and all these things. And I'm, I'm getting late night texts from some listeners who are sending me information. And folks, I always appreciate all of your texts that come in. I try to look at them as many as I can. I'm now under 500 in terms of the number of text messages that come in. Uh, by the way, you don't want to try and dictate my show. And if you don't like me because I'm not a Trump supporter, that I like uh, DeSantis and Trump uh, versus Trump, we'll talk about that a little 
little bit later. Uh, Trump actually coming out and saying that he will not be running for House Representatives. He has no interest in Speaker of the House. So, hey, we're in the fight. Uh, he is not. You just can't have rallies and say that you're in the fight. But the satanic ritual that took place with Leto and Fallon on them, like, did you not realize, like, what happened here? And for all the grandstanding that's going on, you saw what was happening in the Oscars a little bit early in the week. Like, folks, they're working on you. You are who they're working on every day of the week. And then, you know, I sent Dowd. I said, Dowd, we're going to start off uh, this particular show a little bit differently. And, uh, yeah, the Foo Fighters. Yeah, what's happening with Studio 666? And I started to look at this stuff, uh, and I'm like, this is not good. Thank God we're not celebrating anything with the uh, Foo Fighters today. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, by the way, happy birthday to uh, Eric Clapton uh, today. Taylor Hawkins, drummer for the Foo Fighters. His death and its disturbing links with the band's movie, Studio 666. Okay, this will freak you out. On March 25th, the music world was shocked by the 50-year-old musician being found unresponsive in his hotel room in Bogota, Colombia. First off, what should immediately stand out to you is the fact that his death did not happen in the United States of America. Okay, That makes it something that makes it far more difficult to investigate. Far more difficult to investigate. They're just, ah, oh, he was unresponsive, overdose, whatever, okay? They were scheduled to perform that evening. He was complaining of, quote-unquote, chest pains during all this. And before you think I'm being conspiratorial, there's way too many uncanny connections. And then let's not forget who Dave Grohl uh, was ultimately with for a very long time, and that would be one Kurt Cobain. And uh, there's a... Uh, song by the sneaker pimps called Kiro TV, which talks about Cobain's death and the fact that he wasn't suicided, he was murdered. It said the rocker suffered a cardiovascular collapse after ingesting a cocktail of drugs composed of heroin mixed with antidepressants, benzos, and then the medics detected dilated cardiomyopathy, a report that has his heart uh, weight doubled, uh, folks, uh, of men his age. Now we go back to April 5th, 1994. Yeah, folks, that's nearly 30 years ago. Nearly 30 years ago. 28 years ago, this next week, is when Kurt Cobain died. That's how long he's been gone. And there was a famous movie called Who Killed Kurt Cobain? Now, we're going to get into the Studio 666 portion of this, which I think reeks of... You know, I think what we should all be paying attention to is the fact that, yeah, there's, there's a good chance that this uh, particular guy, Taylor Hawkins, could be a blood sacrifice, which is exactly what the topic of the movie Studio 666 is about. And uh, it gets worse. Now, hear me out. Some suspicious minds believe that Hawkins might be a murderer disguised as an overdose. Mm-hmm. Well, we've already had that once with Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. How about a second time? And remember, let's remember the deep connections, the number of various things that Grohl is involved in. I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just saying that there's certain things that are happening uh, in the industry. So according to some reports, they say some might respond that it was one of the many blood sacrifices carried out by the occult elite. And we know that this is a thing, by the way, folks. We do know. We do know that symbolism will be their downfall. We also also, uh, know that they use the symbolism in order to sort of do telltale signs towards other people. Okay. 
uh, to get people. It kind of gives them power, if you will. For instance, exactly one month prior to Hawkins' death, the Foo Fighters released a horror comedy movie called Studio 666. The subject of the movie is members of the Foo Fighters get killed as blood sacrifices for the demonic music industry. The premise of the movie is quite simple. Dave Grohl wants to do something different for the Foo Fighters' 10th album, so the band's manager, Jeremy Schill, <clears throat> sends them to a mansion in Encino, California, to record their album. The band members are aware of the mansion's grisly history. In the 1990s, members of the band named Dream Widow were murdered there. Guess what also was released? Yeah, a band's album led by, you guessed it, Taylor Hawkins. Dream Widow is his band. Uh-huh. Very, very, very interesting. Okay. Now let's continue here. What they're using is Aleister Crowley hexagrams as part of the symbolism. In front of the Dream Widow album cover are more hexagrams. Okay. Crowley was, as you might know, and then whatever you know about his relation to the Bushes, etc., is a member of the two secret societies which have been extremely influential in the occult elite, the Golden Dawn and the Ordo Templi Orients. As explained in previous articles on the site, the organizations are forces behind the occult mega-rituals that randomly punctuate world events. Here we are. Not distractions, but signals of telling their followers and their people what they're using okay and i'm getting lots of texts that are coming in oh my gosh yeah keep going with your trump stuff yeah someone accused me of suffering from trump derangement syndrome doubt have i taken down any of my flags any of my stickers in, in the uh, office yet i believe all my trump stuff is still up yeah everything is trump is still up yeah yeah i haven't taken anything down uh, be careful about that in short the presence of the symbol in studio 66 is not random it is extremely deliberate and points to the occult concepts which countless members of the elite feverishly adhere Here's what happens in Studio 666 movie, okay? In addition to the blood sacrifices, you have Dave Grohl eating his band members in the movie. The occult elite is truly obsessed with cannibalism. We know this, right? Also, uh, on a, do a doily uh, written, the sacrifice... Oh, this is, this is just... It's so gruesome. The sacrifice feeds the book. The sacrifice feeds their power. I mean, this is really some some strange stuff. They also understand in the movie that the murders are blood sacrifices. The remaining band members discover the book, and as they follow, they all start following one, falling one by one by one. This isn't some sort of random, you know, occurrence. This isn't just happen, folks. You have to understand that they want you. They like this. This is this gives it a certain level of power, prominence, uh, consumability. Uh, people like all the, the the legend that kind of goes along with this. Uh, the amount of history, uh, probably the gravitas that, that goes on with the release of their album at the same time of the release of their movie, with the same time of, the, of their tour in another place. The neighbor explains the book was rumored to be the secret 
incandinations of Aleister Crowley, and it requires the blood to keep the occult power going in the rock and roll world. Grohl is set on finishing a song tall, uh, called Tears of God. Taylor Hawkins tries to outdo himself while recording the drum track, and in the middle of that, Dave Grohl kills him, the guy that just died. In Colombia, Dave Grohl kills him, sacrifices him in the movie, okay? So Taylor Hawkins formed a group. Here's where it gets really pretty strange out. And I know you're not into this, and I know, you know, this is something generally we don't really cover very often, but I really got into this last night watching, you know, Al Roker, Jared Leto, the satanic chants that are going on on Jimmy Fallon last night on NBC4. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous stuff. It was, and, and it is. It, it, try not to look away from this stuff. You can't help but notice it. Dressed in all white as a purity, satanic sacrifice, by the way. Birds of Satan is the name of the group that Taylor Hawkins started in 2014. That's right. He formed a group called Birds of Satan. He starred in a movie called Studio 666, has a group called Birds of Satan, uh, and then I've already given the other band name. And <clears throat> here's where it gets really interesting. Dave Grohl's concept album called Dream Widow is released. Think about that concept, Dream Widow, and it's all about occult rituals and blood sacrifices. All of this happened when? During the vernal equinox. You might remember the movie Poltergeist uh, and the things that happened with them when you were uh, sort of messing with the dark side. And in the movie itself, and for those people who are into the uh, one eye and understand the, uh, the occult and the signaling that goes on, you'll notice a number of magazine cover, television shows, uh, famous photos of people. At any time that you see rock and roll artists and you can see me on rock of talk.tv right now doing this anytime that they cover their face anytime that they cover one of their eyes they're telling you they're signaling to them that they are part of the occult they're symboling out to everybody that they follow satan now you guys can go ahead and look at this on visual and citizen there's lots and lots of stuff that's out there but i need for everybody to sort of pay attention to the symbolism that's going along with this because if you're not aware aware of these types of things i don't care how christian you are i don't care how much you're a part of your church your children your families are gonna think that they're doing something that just might be kind of cool and you know hip and you know with that band when it's anything but they're you actually symbolizing that you're being controlled mind controlled um by these bands or groups and their uh, music. So here it is. All of this stuff happens one month after the release of the movie, okay, to Hawkins, their band member. The scene takes a disturbing meaning. Remaining band members attempt to save Dave Grohl in the movie by performing an exorcism. The ritual appears to work and Grohl reverts to his normal self. However, the band manager and the real estate developer ambush the remaining members and reveal they had planned the whole thing right from the very beginning in order to realize the grapes that they get as uh, part of the sacrifice in terms of money. Uh, now, there's another movie that's very similar to this in terms of those sacrifices, connectivity and control, and it's a movie called Hereditary. And finally, uh, there's one scene here. Knight Mandel gets stabbed in the eye. As a result, he does the one eye sign for a solid minute or two in Studio 666 until he gets killed. The entire movie is a salute to the occult elite. So there you go. With all the Foo Fighters gone except Dave Grohl, the director starts talking and the things he says are just quote unquote 
facts uh for that article i believe is probably the most clicked on article today i would imagine it doubt it in uh, in that because immediately you see the words and the number 666 uh, that are in there it's something that i want you to sort of um involve yourself in uh, from the standpoint of looking at what they're doing the occult is very real uh the control that they have over hollywood the control that they have over um i don't know what you call the music world nowadays it's those disconnected uh, from the rap world to the rock and world world the country world these are people who are making sacrifices and if they make those sacrifices all you have to do and i know that my uh my good friend there in the studio is producing the show here this afternoon eric eric that's what that movie Mulholland Drive is all about. If you notice, they say you can cast anybody else you want, but this is the girl. And who's in control of that the entire time? Yeah, so I was hoping Eric would eventually get to that. Um, what, What David Lynch is essentially doing is telling you how much the occult controls Hollywood, and that's exactly what we're seeing here. So I thought we'd start off with that today, just kind of like get you guys going. We've got so much to get to. We've got a great show prepared uh, for you uh, all here this afternoon right here in the Kiva. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget that you guys can go ahead and uh, tune us in on our podcast. But if you want the uh, unrelenting annotated notes, we just give it to you. I just want to go to that minute at that time. You can watch the video. You can see where I'm at. Uh, You can see where Dowd's at when he's uh, out and about. Same with Eric. And then, of course, you can connect and download uh, anytime at Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. Back after a quick break, Dowd, uh, what do we have coming up after the break? Oh, it's an endless—it's uh, an endless parade, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got woke stuff, uh, more of your tax dollars financing woke stuff. Uh, we've got politics, national, uh, state. We've got some fun stuff, and I believe uh, producer Eric, first name producer, next to last name Eric, uh, has some interesting music collections for us today. So there uh, we go. With that opening, you're going to want to stay tuned to this to this program today. <laughs> A full three-hour tour right here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on AM600, KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, back and forth. Thanks for listening. Twenty-seven back here in the Kivo and AM sixteen or KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, broadcasting from the Hotel Paso del Norte, just steps away from Ciudad Juarez, uh, here in the lobby, visiting with some uh, good folks who happen to be out in uh, Arizona. One of the great things that they have down here in El Paso is plenty of uh, good doctors, too. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in our Saturdays in the Salon this uh, Saturday, D-Doubt Muska, myself. But we're going to get to Joe Biden. We're going to do some national stuff. And the poll numbers don't look good for him whatsoever doubt in fact this is pretty bad uh, pretty abysmal going into the midterm elections here um this one uh popping out of i believe the new york post i gotta say i enjoy the new york post hamilton's old paper um it, it actually is pretty factual i don't like sort of the pro-ukrainian stuff that they put in there but everything else i'm pretty good uh, i just don't where doubt have you started flying the ucla uh, colors of the ukraine yet in front of your house oh, are you geez. letting oh, are you letting oh. people know that you're supporting the ukraine yet i don't even have my bumper sticker on uh, although i was flipped off on the highway the other day by a, a new mexico united sticker uh, person so. oh yeah well you know they're very nice people i hear. 
oh, you know, are. that spoiled, entitled, uh, the Peter Travesiani kids, uh, if you will. Here it is. Uh, get your popcorn, folks. All-time low of 40% or lower. And here's really what's happening is Joe Biden is trying to maintain control of the Democratic Party more than he's trying to maintain control of this country. And you can see that because the virtue signaling is all going to the left. And let's not forget what's actually happening. What's creating that huge pain in this country is the amount of money that's being printed, Dowd. I mean, when you have that level of inflationary pressure that's being put up, this is exactly what you get in a communist country. It's what you get in a socialist country. This is what they do. You print out all that money, that inflationary pressure steps up and the pain. And we used to have something called the misery index some time ago. Fortunately, we don't have that unemployment number. I think the unemployment number nationally is like 3.8%. Everybody that wants a job can have two, essentially. But, you know, people need to understand. Yeah, except in New Mexico, where you don't have to work, the labor participation rate is, uh, you know, what the uh, second lowest in the entire country, if not the lowest. But you know, we have to look at this inflationary pressure. It is that what is leading to the misery that's happening here in this country, and why people don't feel good about Joe Biden because he's continued to kind of increase uh, that monetary policy that I think got Trump into trouble at the very end. Let's not forget all that uh, bailout money that was printed, six and a half trillion. And we have to remind our Trump supporters out there. Uh, if you're still doing that, I, of course, am a big DeSantis guy. Uh, everybody should know that uh, people are moving to three states, Arizona, Texas, and Florida. And Florida, uh, for a reason, we'll get to that a little bit. Ooh, I just love burning up all those uh, those latent Trump supporters and all this. But uh, this is very interesting. These numbers are plummeting despite the enormous amount of prosperity. You see the markets are up. You see everything is up overall, Dowd. And the only explanation for it has to do with the cost of everything. Energy costs somewhere between 30 to 50%. When you look at the gas costs uh, for the prices, the cost for homes, I mean, they're unattainable. Uh, people are largely putting that uh, on the backs of all of the Democrats at this point. Uh, there's no other way to really kind of look at this. Well, I mean, it's interesting comparing Biden and, and of course, Republican partisans will <laughs> the minute a Democrat is, is inaugurated into president, they start calling him Jimmy Carter. But uh, this particular association is not that far off, Eddie, because uh, inflation destroyed uh, or play, played a big role in, in, in destroying Jimmy Carter's presidency. Um, the stock market, uh, you know, consumer confidence, uh, you know, business uh, investment, uh, industrial production. You know, a lot of this is very, very esoteric stuff. The average person is just living their life and, and dealing with the sort of day-to-day things that they have to deal with. You cannot mask runaway inflation. People go out and buy things almost every day and we have to get around in our cars. Most of us, if you don't live in Manhattan and have your little e-scooter where you're scooting around uh, and uh, going to your vegan restaurants, uh, don't get me started on that Netflix documentary. Um, it, 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 it's it's finally the donkey is waking up. I mean, those of us who work in public policy and we think uh, that the large numbers of people should be aware and be active in fighting against bad ideas and bad policies are, are checked out. You can't hide inflation. Uh, consumer sentiment fell again. It's the lowest level in over a decade. And people's expectations of the future, really scary. I think I might have mentioned this yesterday. The worst uh, the highest expected rate of year-ahead inflation since November 1981, way, way, way back in the dark, 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 dark days. And I'm actually finishing up a big, a four-part, uh, huge book series. They're like 1,700 pages each, uh, from Goldwater to 64 to Reagan in 1980, uh, written by a really interesting left-wing historian who's not really that annoying. He's actually kind of very intelligent. Uh, he may not be with us on a lot of issues, but he's a, he's a genuine historian, uh, Rick Perlstein. And uh, Carter, people forget, I mean, Carter, 
in some ways was like, <laughs> hear me, hear me out here. Uh, Carter was was riding to the rescue of the country after this horrendous uh, trauma of Nixon, and then the, a lot of people thought there was this rotten bargain whereby Ford becomes president, and then a couple of weeks later, immediately uh, pardons Nixon. Uh, Nixon obviously leaving office in great disgrace. Uh, people thought, oh, all that bad time was behind us, and now we've got the, the peanut farmer, the nuclear scientist, peanut, peanut farmer from Georgia, who I'll never lie to you. And I think, in some ways, the people were you know, propagandized to a, to a point that was ridiculous over the last five or six years that everything that ha- everything bad that happened in society is Donald Trump's fault. And whoever came along was going to end all of that unpleasantness. And, it, and really, I think in a lot of ways, the country's significantly worse off since the savior uh, rode to the rescue. So not only do you have the reality on the ground, the conditions that people have to deal with, there's the disillusionment of, oh, this guy was supposed to fix all the horrible problems that were created by evil orange man. And I think Again, there's an analogy to Carter there, uh, and it is just looking worse and worse and worse for Democrats in November. And uh, I, for one, am going to sit back with the popcorn and enjoy the show. Well, I think uh, the other thing that people need to realize when it all comes to this, this is a consumer sentiment that hasn't been this low since 1981. Uh, And a lot of that's driven by things just being too expensive. And of course, that was just coming out of Carter, all the things that Reagan essentially had to fix with a sort of a different monetary policy altogether. But here's the deal is we should be looking at something that should be pretty positive down, but it's not. In fact, uh, this quote uh, from uh, Robert Hughes, the substantial declines in consumer sentiment reflect the impact of higher consumer prices. The surge in prices for many consumer goods and services is a function of shortages of materials. In addition to the monetary policy, tight labor markets, logistical issues that prevent supply from meeting demand, and has been compounded by surging energy prices as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, we, of course, knew that all that stuff was happening prior to all that. Furthermore, the newly initiated Fed tightening cycle raises the risk of a policy mistake that adds to the extreme level of risk and uncertainty of the overall economic outlook. We're looking at five, maybe six interest rate hikes this year alone. That's going to make the cost of borrowing money, not just for homes and durables and all the other things to really impact things, but I don't think it looks good going forward uh, for the Democrats going into the midterms, but the Republicans have yet to sort of exploit this stuff, and they can't exploit it because they also participated in the heavy government spending, and they're not going to be able to get away with it. So Biden's moving further to the left, thinking that he can do it because of what he can give away, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if she inevitably takes over this party, which she will, because she'll be part of the presidential ticket with Obama and AOC, that's what uh, I anticipate because it's going to be a popularity contest. Contest. I don't see them arguing on policy. I see them arguing on stuff that they're propagandizing and uh, trying to get people to forget uh, who's responsible uh, and for what. I think all of this, of what we're seeing rather the failure of this country, has to do with a large-scale reaction from the left against Trump and just thinking that, hey, anything but Trump. And, you know, Trump is responsible for some of how he is perceived in all of this. And I think, you know, we're going to have to have clearer, cleaner heads prevail in all this it's less about the person and more about the country because you know we're in this process right now where we're potentially losing our country let's bring this back a little bit here locally here and how this plays out because there's this uh, uh, write-up here from the Santa Fe, New Mexican that came as fate of free lunch, uncertain in New Mexico schools. And, and I couldn't uh, help but think about how things are going in other parts of the country, Texas, Arizona, Florida. They don't sit around waiting for free lunch. 
launches for things to be paid out from the government. And, you know, this is one of those things that touches every single thing. And immediately these are the people that are blaming the federal government because that's where that's who's ultimately doing this is in the Capitol high school cafeteria where Barbara Lopez and she's lauding the fact that we were able remember school wasn't in, but we we're providing breakfast and lunch to the tune of I don't know what is it about 9000 meals a day and I couldn't think you're providing 9,000 meals a day, 70% of the students in the district qualified for free lunch, but based upon the fact that there's a lack of money that's now coming in, this is where you see all of the failure of the left and their policies really start to hit home, Dowd, and I think we are going, if the Republicans can figure out a way to market to that middle of the road saying, hey, prosperity is ultimately what provides and not the government and not the school districts and not the federal government, if they can start to pitch this stuff, I think it's going to be a lot better run uh, for uh, the Republicans, but they've got to figure out a, a way to sort of uh, turn that around. And the only way they do it is not participating in taking that back. Absolutely. And the welfare, I think when you were kicked off, Eddie, I mentioned this story yesterday, the welfare industry in New Mexico as exemplified by all these uh, nutrition bureaucrats in Santa Fe. And I guess the, the one that directs the, the national organization or the statewide uh, trade Association for Nutrition Officials. Every, every government job, ladies and gentlemen, they have their own lobbying wing at this at the state capitol and in Washington. It's, it's absolutely uh, unbelievable. They're whining about the waivers that the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is in charge of the food, the, the meals, uh, and I guess what was it, two thousand six hundred uh, free, free, free. I think someone's paying for it. Breakfast uh, a day. Yeah, yeah. The federal government's day. paying for all this stuff. Every right. single right. little the bit of government it. magic money tree. Uh, Five thousand six hundred fifty uh, free lunches. Uh, just basically, this is a lobbying piece disguised as journalism about we got to keep those those federal waivers uh, waivers going. And what I didn't mention yesterday, and I was kicking myself. I'm glad you brought this up because I was kicking myself last night for not mentioning the the Adam Carolla argument on school lunches. Uh, Adam Carolla is. Not a conservative, but he's just a comedian, hardworking guy, blue collar guy, uh, and and he's been demonized as his ex ex partner Jimmy Kimmel goes more and more kook left. Uh, Adam goes more and more to the right, and he's actually has a comment. I think he has a daily commentary with Ben Shapiro's media outlet uh, now uh, started up within the last few weeks or the last few months. But what Corolla argued years ago was, yeah, I'm a rich guy and I got my Malibu house in in California. I don't mind paying for food for poor kids. But I refuse to pay for the preparation of that food and the dispensing of that food in the schools. You parents have to get up like parents have done every morning for hundreds of thousands of years and prepare meals for your own damn kids. Uh, I'll, I'll pay for the apples that you will slice up. I'll pay for the oatmeal mix that you will prepare. Uh, I'll, pay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for the sausage and bacon you know, that you will cook for your children. Just the basic dignity of getting up with your children and preparing a meal for them. Um, we, we're just farming that out to government schools now. And it's just pathetic, Eddie, to see these people, uh, nutrition directors, Santa Fe Public Schools nutrition director, uh, the, the the dignity of of work of having self value uh, of of, of ha having your children see that you're responsible for your household uh, they, they don't see any problem with this they're just whining that they don't get enough money and enough resources to give out more meals and as I mentioned yesterday they're whining that not enough people are signing up for this benefit even though they're technically eligible so we've got to get out there uh, and agitate and propagandize so more parents can get their kids on welfare the last thing new mexico needs is more people on welfare well i think the other thing too is that we're just seeing more of this victimization mentality minorities food 
education. I think it also encompasses the environment. Dowd, you only need to go to nmsource.com to realize uh, their marketing pieces and what they're selling. And we're going to get into a little bit later on in the show, the attorney turned journalistic activist who's uh, talking about the oppression that is now occurring. And it's trying to pass itself off as a journalistic piece and it's anything but. Um, and I, I want to go and, and take this next look at this. Oh, by the way, just to kind of wrap things up on that Santa Fe, New Mexican article, this is where the Republicans can exploit and take advantage of this. Uh, she says at the very end, and this is what I would be doing, she says it's a little disheartening to see us be so quick to strip away these waivers and new approaches to hunger relief, to hunger relief at the federal and nutritional program level that made such a difference. Yes, that's your federal government failing you. That's your federal government failing you, not being able to provide you exactly what you need. Uh, let me take it a, a step further because another victimization piece came out by, from KOAT, Dowd. And this one talking about the oppressed minorities who suffered most during COVID-19. Well, of course, it was the minority women who suffered the most. Associate Professor of Finance at UNM said we'd seen the growth in business applications that have leveled off a little bit like the rest of the country. But consequently, many families were forced to choose. Do I pay for child care? Do I pay for work? The, your kids were getting fed by uh, uh, in the breakfast, lunch. They had daycare. You didn't have to go to work. You sat at home on your fat ass and watched Netflix all day while you worked. Like You didn't have a choice. You got to do whatever you want. You're looking. And, and again, here we go with more of the marketing pitches so that we can do more handouts in the state of Mexico. No other state. I don't care if it's Arizona, Texas, or Florida is going through the type of sort of mental illness that the state of New Mexico is. Every everybody has a story down, and we're blaming it on every other person that's out there because it's never our fault for doing this. We have created this level of dependency, and when the dependency fails, like it's happening right now in the Santa Fe public school system or even the Albuquerque public school system, we uh, turn around and blame the very hand that's feeding us. And for them, it's the federal government out. Yeah, and, and, and what really was even more disturbing about this KOAT piece that I, I flagged, uh, Stephanie Munez uh, reporting, again, never never presenting the other... Uh, oh, right. Uh, this is, ever. you know, New Mexico, uh, more federal money, more welfare, uh, not going out and soliciting the multiple experts, either inside or outside New Mexico, who could talk to you about the... the how, how welfare destroys a society. Uh, but again, the worst part of this, in addition to just being not journalism, to being advocacy journalism, as Eddie was saying, is uh, the expert, so, so quote unquote expert here, is another UNM economist. I guess Riley White is replacing, uh, what was her name? She used, to be the old, she used to be the old liberal activist professor, but now uh, younger guys come along uh, and he's just you know whining about women being out of the workforce and disproportionately falling uh, on uh, minority women and on and on and on. If you were an economist, you would know. You would know. You 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 should know uh, what makes households, what makes societies prosper: skill cultivation, delayed gratification, uh, waiting to get married, waiting to have kids. Uh, that's what places like Utah that just came out. I th believe it was number one least stressed state, according to um, an analysis. Uh -huh. we we'll get to that today, later on, Dowd. Yeah. You like that. You like that article I sent. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it because it just, instead of saying most stressed states, they should have said most self-destructive states. And before I even saw it, Eddie, I knew, I knew exactly what it would be. It would be the Appalachian Corridor, okay, which includes both you know, white and black folks, very self-destructive, extending, you know, down through, uh, you know, the Kentucky, West Virginia, through Tennessee, northern Alabama and Mississippi. I knew Louisiana was going to be there and I knew uh, New Mexico was going to be there. We have uh, very 
microcultures in America that cut across ethnic and racial lines that are very, very self-destructive, that exhibit themselves, uh, that cluster in certain states. And these states always come out in the bottom 10. New Mexico is always one of them. Uh, And again, it cuts across race and religion. It's not limited to to one area. But Eddie, to see a government economist, a a UNM economist, that means your primarily your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen, uh, whining about, you know, playing the victimization card. Eddie's Absolutely right. It's all about victimization and not saying here's the path toward human flourishing in New Mexico. We've looked at this for decades. We know what makes uh, individuals successful. We know what makes families thrive uh, and whining about not enough welfare and uh, disproportionate burden falling on minorities is helping absolutely no one uh, for KOA to just be a conduit for this kind of nonsense. Uh, Again, not not journalism. It's activism. Yeah, they're not a conduit. They are a driver. They are the reason why we have this mentality. And let's take it one step further. He's a contributor over at KOB Channel 4, Ahmed Assad. Uh, he is an attorney here. And you want to talk about just how far this victimization mentality goes. I'm going to just cross over here. You're going to hear my voice, but you're not going to see me uh, on TV. So let me just go ahead and just talk about at the very top of SourceNM.com. Here's their victim. Here's their victim categories, Dowd. Education, environment, and climate change. Police and prison. Those are coupled together. Government and politics, health, and then Native America. All the victim categories, right? Victims of COVID, victims of, of, of you name it. Now, here's what's really interesting about this, and I want to touch upon this, but QB Channel 4 wrote this almost on behalf of a Medicide. It's like they didn't make a declaration of the fact that he is a contributor uh, on the weekends, on Sunday mornings. Uh, Chris Ramirez didn't make this declaration. I'm not sure who actually wrote uh, this, but it talks about the victim, Adrian Avila. Poor guy. He's accused of killing two people in two separate shootings. Amanda said is requesting Albuquerque Police Department Harold Medina retract his comments he made about Avila's release. I'm like, oh, wow, you're going to go after the very and see, this is just him creating his business. As far as I'm concerned, he made about Avila's release. Now, we're just taking this on the surface of this because uh, apparently Ahmed will uh, Sir Ahmad will literally sue anybody. He doesn't even care at this point because he is going to go after the city of Albuquerque, I believe, on uh, some sort of tort and um so uh, that type of thing these statements that harold medina we're talking about harold medina liberal police chief harold medina these statements are defamatory and libelous and i believe were illegal and unconstitutional intended to incite potentially a very dangerous situation for my client this guy has a history he's involved in two murders there's other stuff that's on here and all all that harold medina was commenting on and here's another victim category Again, we got minorities. We've got the people in schools. Uh, we've got Afghanis who can't get enough money. Uh, we've got the environmental. Like you've got everything, and the criminals too. Let's not forget they're they're uh, they're a second class citizen. They're 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 the victims. And he says, <clears throat> and this is according to Harold Medina. His his statement. District Court Judge Stanley Whitaker ordered Avila to be released with a GPS ankle monitor. We're talking about crime at a record level, more homicides this year at this point than last year, Dowd. And all Medina says is the ankle monitor is not the answer for somebody who has a violent history or violent charge on their hands. Now, if that's defamatory, if that is libelous, folks, there's no hope for New Mexico. Get it out of your head. Don't hope for Albuquerque. 
if the city of Albuquerque is going to get sued because a police chief comes out and says something uh, in the uh, on behalf of the community and saying we got to keep dangerous people off the streets, Amanda Saad is like, oh no, we don't. Mm, this is uh, my poor guy. He, until he has his day in court, there should be no sort of opposition. He is innocent until, until proven guilty. I'm like, this guy's got two murder charges on him, Dowd. This is why I say that there's no hope for the city of Albuquerque because we continue to enable KOB Channel 4 in this, not making a declaration that Ahmed Assad is a contributor there on that. They failed to do that. KOHA Channel 7, you saw what they do in, in terms of, you know, oh, this, these poor people. Why are they marketing to those people instead of marketing to the people that are actually buying most of those products that are watching the news every single night? Uh, yeah, the quote-unquote reporter uh, who filed this, Eddie, was Kai Porter. Uh, again, that's a KOB, and I just couldn't help it. I, I believe that's a, that, that, that's one of a meds. That, that's one of a meds buddies, probably. Yeah, How many so times, things. if you look, if you look into the number of times that Ahmed Assad has appeared on Kai Porter's program, that should mm-hmm. totally destroy the credibility of KOB Channel Four. Yeah, Tell me yeah, I'm wrong, and, but I, if you go well, back I mean, and you look, I I know for a fact. If you want to go out and cover the case, go out and cover the case. But crime and violence is a very serious issue in Albuquerque. But to cover a, a an attorney, remember when on the playground all the year, all those years, all those years ago, ladies and gentlemen, when we would say, "Take it back, take it back." They're, they're, they're basically saying the police chief has to take it back, take it back, as if as if it's a playground. It's insane. Now I will get. I can't believe I'm praising uh, Tim Keller's administration. Uh, the city, according to Kai Porter, responded uh, that they issued no repo- apology uh, you know, on behalf of the chief. Uh, I don't know how Tim Keller's friends in the woke community uh, feel about not taking it back, taking it back. But this is this is infantile, juvenile stuff. And again, not journalism at all. Well, Dad, I want to say one more thing, because uh, the newly retired uh, demon Eli, who's leaving, he has a history of suing attorneys. Uh, that's what he does in his off time and his fun time. And in addition to uh, criminal justice reform coming by way of Arizona, uh, I should uh, probably say that demon Eli should be on this particular case, because I think people, should, especially our uh, police chief, should be able to express their opinions about being tough on crime. Uh, let me uh, go back to, to that and by saying, this is the official disclosure uh, from the city of Albuquerque. The city responded to KOB Channel 4's request for comment. Mr. Ased is entitled to his opinion. He's a defense attorney. He's understandably concerned about the murder charges against his client. Chief Medina is focused on the safety of the community and getting justice for the murder victims and their families. And I love this. Just a real oomph, uh, if you will, in the city of Albuquerque. And I'm with you, Dowd. I can't believe I'm actually praising this, but I am. They did a nice move here. As a reminder, those victims have names Elias Otero Garcia and Donnie Jacob Brandon. And I think that that's important because the real victims are the people who lost their lives. The real victim is the community which we have a, uh, a record high homicide rate, a, a record number of people who have disenrolled from the public school system, a record number of, of, of people uh, who have picked up and left, uh, who are business owners, who are private citizens. Those are the real victims, I think, of New Mexico. And, you know, why doesn't Damon Eli, now that he's ending time in his uh, legislature, the man who's so incredibly and uh, proud, I'm sure he can pick up the phone and call his buddy Ahmed Assad, and he, he, he literally comments down here on the front end, passing a couple his proudest achievements and his moments were passing a couple pieces of major legislation, conservative guardianship reform. Oh, conservative criminal justice reform. Damon Eli is directly responsible 
for what has happened in our criminal justice reform, which there's no penalties, there's a complete and total enabling of the criminal justice and getting rid of the bail bondsmen, which if you go up and down the road here in El Paso, which I have done, you know what we have? We have bail bondsmen all over the place, right next to the courthouse. You don't, you don't have one. I think Madrid bail bonds is the only one that's even there because you don't need bail bondsmen uh, any longer. Remember, we let them out on their own recognizance based upon a quote unquote threat assessment, aka the Arnold tool. Now here in the city of Albuquerque, uh, well, let's let's take us to the top of the hour. Um, and let's touch upon what we're going to get into hour two and hour three. Dowd and I have so much prepared uh, here for the uh, show, but um, you know, I know that uh, you're a legalized that kind of guy, Dowd. Uh, I sort of am as well. I don't really care if it's legal or it's not legal. Just understand that it's going to be the downfall of the state of New Mexico. And this is more from a bureaucratic angle. Um, you know, there's a reason why we can't have nice things like scooters on the street or legalizing it responsibly. I mean, we just can't do these types of things. But this uh, has to do with like a little bit of a different slant, uh, a PR person who is, quote unquote, on the jobs with direct connections to Martin Heinrich himself and, quote unquote, the buddy system working on behalf of those bureaucrats who get the bennies out. And uh, I'm not surprised to see this. This woman who has a PR connection and should have her phone on as any good PR person does all the time and should be able to return the phone calls by building great relationships with news people, people in uh, in the public relations. Uh, the state new cannabis control division is now paying a public relations specialist 65 grand on a no bid contract, meaning she just kind of got it. But I got to tell you, um, folks, if you're listening in the Valley, you want to listen on Kiva.am or ABQ.fm. We're at 2000 watts. Uh, until we can get back to 10,000 watts once our transmitter is replaced. I'm getting texts uh, on that. So if you want to hear all the good stuff you have to do. Okay, so uh, listen to this. She is, um, let me get her, is it Geiger? Is that her name, Dowd? Uh, I believe that her name. Heather Brewer. Brewer, okay. Yeah, uh, Bernie, okay. Uh, Heather Brewer, okay, is getting paid. Uh, what is Friday? I think Friday is the first day that we start selling cannabis and she can't be reached for yeah she can't be reached for comment she can't be reached for comment she is the marketing director for the new mexico regulation licensing department she did not respond to a telephone interview they're just handing her money they don't really care what they're doing because they don't have to answer any questions. Everyone's on board and she gets $65,000 for handling all their interference down. Uh, what's their excuse there? Um, uh, uh, the uh, brilliant uh, proprietress of uh, HB strategies, Heather Brewer, uh, as you said, Eddie, uh, hired at $125 an hour uh, to make the agency. This is the agency. Uh, the cannabis control division uh, look good for positive PR uh, and marketing. So they went to the the, the, the senior agency from the cannabis agencies below this of the New Mexico Regulation and Licensing Department, which is, an, is a whole nother kettle of fish we could get into. They went to their public information officer who has no comment on the fact that the marketing specialist is going to be made, paid $125 uh, an hour. So that's uh, Heather, uh, Heather uh, Blue. I'm sorry, I'm getting my Brewer and my Blairs messed up. Heather Brewer, documents obtained by the Santa Fe, New Mexican, the daily newspaper up in Fantasy, uh, show that Ms. Brewer uh, sent her first invoice back in September to John Blair, who was the Regulation and Licensing Department's deputy superintendent. So she got, uh, he, he signed off on her first payment. Now, what do Brewer and Blair have in common? Heather and John? 
Both of them used to work for Martin Heinrich. Uh, Madame Brewer served as his district coordinator uh, between 2009 uh, to December 2012. Mr. Blair served as Heinrich's legislative and communications director uh, 2009 to 2013. Uh, Asked whether the $125 an hour rate was reasonable. The acting communications director for Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, Maddie Hayden, uh, no, no word on whether she, she ever worked for uh, Heinrich or not, uh, did not respond. And then uh, the reporter actually got to Nora, the beloved Nora, Nora Myers Sackett, the chief flack. Now that uh, Psycho Trip is out of there, uh, the governor's press secretary, she referred all inquiries on this question over to the regulation and licensing to licensing department. Uh, this has been buck passing uh, after buck passing after buck passing. But Heather will be getting plenty of bucks. She'll be getting $125 an hour. Nice. Oh, wow. Work if you can get it, I went into the wrong business. <laughs> yeah, you just got to kiss enough ass and uh, be registered with the right party and have the connections to be threaded upwards and we continue to see this. Folks, we're, 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 we're providing so much information here, just lining it out, and it's all coming from their sources, and we're exposing exactly what it is. Like, if you just cut a step deeper, if you just look into some of this stuff, you know, somehow we on the other side, if you will, that it actually is the other side, and I don't believe that there is. I think it's sort of one and the same. Republican part of the state of New Mexico might as well consider it part of the Democrat Party at this point uh, with the way that they have fought, and we've certainly seen a number of that. We've been carrying the fight right from, from the very beginning. We'll continue to do that, and uh, we're giving you some insight as to what, where we can win and how we can sort of thread a lot of this stuff. And if it, this is what it takes to motivate the conservatives, this is what we have to do. Uh, I do want to say um, on, on the flip side of things is Manny Aragon, uh, speaking of uh, smooth criminals and enabling criminals, this guy gets a write-up in the Santa Fe, New Mexican. Like, you won't find a bigger criminal politician in the state of New Mexico. I know the uh, SWAT team, I don't even know if I got any coverage at all, was over at Cheryl Williams Stapleton uh, house, I believe, last week. We didn't even touch upon that. But, you know, aside from her, you've got one Manny Aragon, and he's allowed to take out a puff piece in the Santa Fe New Mexican. We'll kick off hour two with that. A lot of other things to get to. Uh, I was just, uh, you know, a disgusting uh, human being. I guess uh, one uh, last final farewell on the Santa Fe New Mexican, but uh, I, that uh, he's not someone that uh, in any way, shape, or form we should look up to, and they shouldn't allow him to go ahead and write that. You had to see it. <laughs> you had to see no, it. No, I, I had to look at it, and I'm glad that we did. Don't forget, folks, you can get the annotated notes directly uh, at rockoftalk.chat. We'll hit the top of the hour news. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Back after a quick uh, break for the second hour, right here in the key, AM 600 FM. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all when the sun comes shining through to make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime and I want to spend some time with you just the two of us we can make it if we try just the two of us this is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. I'm Tim Berg. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon. 505 in the... 
505. I'm in on the Rock of Talk at AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, Rock of broadcasting live from the Hotel Paso del Norte in downtown El Paso, where it's dry and air conditioned and just steps away from Ciudad Juarez. Glad to be here with you. Hour two coming at you on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Don't forget, you can um, get the annotated notes at rockoftalk.chat. And how about downloading our free apps? Uh, if you have any pro- trouble as, at all hearing us, you can hear us anywhere in the world at rockoftalk.com and watch us at rockoftalk.tv. And for you low-tech uh, uh, adverts, you guys can go ahead and uh, get us at kiva.am uh, as well. We're at 2,000 watts on the AM side of the dial until we get our full 10,000-watt uh, transmitter replaced, uh, which is coming very shortly, uh, certainly uh, weeks away now. So I'm certainly looking uh, forward to that. Uh, folks, it's tough running a radio station, uh, believe it or not, uh, especially when you're one that uh, was standing up for Donald Trump during the entire time, advocating strongly uh, that the election was stolen. And then you have your, uh, oh, the people who follow us and helped us, and they're like, you're not a Trump supporter. You're not a Trump. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm. Um, I felt a little bit abandoned, uh, didn't you? Uh, while Burks and Fauci had their way with us and the masking and the vaccine. And then the guy literally uh, soapboxes. And I'm a DeSantis guy through and through. I will continue to be on the Christy Nome side and the people who were in the fight the entire time, holding rallies, raising money, and not jumping in when you could be Speaker of the House. In my, in my opinion, that's the equivalent of quitting, uh, folks. Uh, we need people to fight for this country. We're trying to get to 250 years, uh, and we'll be hopefully doing that in 2026. Uh, lots of people texting in. We'll get to Dowd here in uh, just a moment. But it says, uh, hi, I don't want to be on the radio, but I'm wondering if you have a plan for more power. So it'll be most, so much static. You're getting the static uh, in the valley along the rivers. And you're getting us the, some of the static a little bit on the west side. So make sure you just go to kiva.am, uh, abq.fm, download the apps. I'm building, I'm going to be rotating a bunch of new radio stations I'll be rolling out each and every week, which is going to be pretty exciting. Um, and it's really easy for me to sort of uh, put all those together. Bill Withers, uh, incidentally, died on this day back in 2020. I love just the two of us, Eric, uh, with the smooth stylings uh, there. Uh, Daniel checking in. He says, ironically, just drove past Manny's old Pleasure Palace down on second. We'll get to Manny Aragon in just a moment. Uh, this coming in from the feds directly to uh, Sandia National Labs. Uh, Dowd, uh, should I let you uh, read this? I know that uh, you probably enjoy this. This is a all about the Schedule 1 drug. It's known as pot or marijuana. Uh, here's how it applies to you folks. No fooling. Federal cannabis laws apply to Sandia. Uh, there it is. Despite recreational cannabis sales starting April 1st, by federal law, the Sandia workforce members are prohibited from using Schedule 1 drugs. Please fire fire the pot-smoking Sandia National Lab people, if you would. Go ahead, Doug. I, I, am, uh, I am pro uh, uh, doing whatever you want to your body. Uh, I think a rule that the guys working on the nuclear warhead on the B-61 bomb over at Sandia should not be smoking weed. I'm comfortable with that government government restriction. <laughs> I can get behind that, okay? This is one libertarian who's very comfortable with that rule. <laughs> I like that too, Dowd. I'm with you. Use of CBD products that contain more than 0.3% THC must be reported per DOP reporting requirements. DOP reporting requirements. It could result in drug test failure and thus your dismissal and firing. NSA also advises the active knowing investment Look at this. And any marijuana-related business may affect security clearances. 
How about you just buy it? How about if you get your? What if you give your kids money? You work at Sandia or all these woke Tesla drivers smoking their pot on the weekends who work for DOE. You're fired. There we go. That'll be awesome. Uh, alcohol, drugs, and tobacco in the workplace. And the look at the Sandia offering the employees voluntary employee assistance program for help with alcohol and or substance. They're willing to be nice to you. You just have to come forth and uh, say that uh, you're using it. So there it is. That coming in the Sandia Daily News today. Uh, thanks for passing that on. We love our Sandia uh, guys. Uh, here, the Bible uses the number 666 as a lesson given by Jesus. It's the shape of the number representing coming down to earth and not bringing up heaven. The story of the seas being sowed. Three represents the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three chances to come down to earth and bring up to heaven. On the third chance, it's simple as not producing for God. Same guy, Randy, checks in and says, where God's love is, great the devil must work harder. And we're seeing that. That's why you guys can't quit and stay in the fight. It's what we do every single day. Heck, uh, Dow doesn't even believe in God, and he's in the fight. Come on, folks. Uh, I called the KOB Channel 4 news tip line today and asked if they were going to start covering the Hunter Biden story now. They just hung up on me. Of course. Uh, remember, where did that laptop get turned in? Who had all the information? It was us. Uh, Eddie, great topic today. You should have a segment on this weekly. Uh, and that was, of course, referring to my Foo Fighters Studio 666 uh, story to kick off the show. The segment would write itself by just looking at everything in front of us daily. Symbolism will be their downfall, but you got to know what the symbols uh, are. Uh, let's see. This one coming from, tell me, Eddie. Oh, why do you say Trump is not in the fight just because he has rally? Like all you guys with your Trumpy bears and your Trump stuff, get past it. We've graduated. You have been in the fight far longer than even he has at this point, okay? Please stop with the with the Trump stuff, really. Okay, your fight is today and it's every day. It's in your house, it's at the grocery store, it's in your workplace, it's everywhere. Who's doing that fighting for you? Uh, you should pay attention to what DeSantis is doing, you should pay attention to what Christy Nome has done, and uh, we're also gonna get into a story about the Faroe Islands uh, where they have done things that we only wish that we would have done, uh, Dowd. But uh, we're gonna kick it off with uh, one of the most ridiculous people in the history of uh, New Mexican politics, uh, Dowd, and that of course is one, one Manny Aragon. I have no relation to that criminal animal, uh, whatever you want to uh, call him. And he gets to write, uh, Dowd, a little bit of a puff piece for himself. And uh, I know that you looked at this and I was like, why is this man's name not attached to this article? I kept scrambling. I'm like, I can't click on the link. 47 years ago, I was elected to New Mexico Senate. Why? Why? I mean, here we go. Yeah, exactly. See, now all my, my Trump guys are coming in. Trump just keeps asking me for money like a panhandler. That's why I'm upset. Why? And I get more texts, more texts about Trump asking for money than anything else. I didn't even ask anybody for money uh, during my campaign. It's been 18 years since I retired from public service. You mean it's been how many years since you stole money? Indicted since you worked your inside deal <laughs> yeah exactly um i retired from public service and today it appears the legislature faced many of our challenges and then i like how he writes off this entire litany of things doubt it's so interesting to me of the things that he is literally responsible for in our state and he's complaining <laughs> the fact that we were never able to pass like these are the things that that manny aragon ran on year after year day after day like these are the things that he created uh, along with his leadership as probably being the most uh, 
powerful politician in the entire state of New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, Eddie let me just I mean, uh, here, out very quickly. Sure, go uh, ahead. A Larry Barker summary of, of many Aragon. This, you know, this is going back uh, many, many years. I, I, I have files on everybody in New Mexico right here in the laptop and then the backup and then the, uh, uh, let's see, where's my, uh, where's, where's my lanyard? I can show you on the TV, folks. I got my lanyard for my critical files. Uh, you, can, you can steal one of my machines and uh, I have multiple backups. Uh, 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 our beloved uh, uh, Senator Aragon, boss of the Senate, this is way back uh, in 2007. Uh, he was indicted between 1999 and 2004, a corrupt gang of thieves, including uh, State Senator <clears throat> Aragon, uh, siphoned more than $4.3 million from the construction of the Metropolitan Court building. One of the most powerful politicians in the state, Senator Aragon, lined his pockets with kickbacks and bribes. He got indicted in 07. Then, according to him, quote, I pled not guilty to these charges, and I have uh, one other statement to make, and that is I am completely innocent of these charges. Uh, 18 months later, uh, he was singing a little bit of a different tune, changed his plea to guilty, sentenced to 67 months in a federal penitentiary and fined uh, $87,000. The U.S. attorney at the time, and I can only assume uh, if you're talking about like late 2008 into 2009, 2010, that must have been Barack Obama's U.S. attorney here, uh, called Senator Aragon, quote, the godfather of public corruption, close quote. So that's just kind of setting the table for uh, uh, for any of you newcomers to the state who might not know exactly who Senator Aragon uh, was and is. Doubt, I appreciate that. Uh, you'd have to, it's probably, that's not even probably on the internet, on the KOAT side any longer. These are things that you would only have if you have uh, Dowd's little uh, USB drive that are there. What's really interesting is he sort of takes an interest after stealing 4.3 million, of which he repaid only 4.2, yeah, well, he failed to repay 4.213 million of that back. Okay, so what happened to the rest of that money? I'd like to know where all that went. Um, here he says, the invisible majority. I seldom singled out my own Hispanic community specifically for help because I expected our own Hispanic elected leaders to take care of our own community. But I was wrong. Our children outnumber Anglo, Native American, African Americans, all put together. But schools are still failing to graduate half of our precious Hispanic students. Yet they make up 62% of all school kids. No state can thrive if it's majority population is not educated. Manny Aragon was educated in private schools his entire life. He had absolutely zero interest in the public educational system other than to go ahead and church so turn those teachers unions into pretending to care year after year. Um, let's not forget uh, Manny Aragon's connection to uh, Margaret Aragon de Chavez and uh, also uh, the one of the leaders, uh, former leaders of the Republican Party. Now he's resigned his position in Robert Aragon. Like these are all part of the the, the the nefarious groups that have taken over and infiltrated the uh, power centers uh, here of our state. It's just absolutely disgusting. We have African-American native uh, cabinet departments, but Hispanics who outnumber them by more than three times should also have their myriad problems specifically addressed. We've been addressing them for far too long, Manny. And you had how many years? What's ironic about this is he outlines exactly how long he's been involved for more than three decades. He had this uh, plenty of time to go ahead and make good things happen. And all he has shown himself during that entire time is turning out to be a criminal. I like how he refers to himself also in all this 30-year career as a public servant. 
And finally, he ends by saying, I'm ready to tell my own story. I can't wait for him to print that book so we can rip this man and all his connections apart. I think leaving a legacy of trouble, a legacy of failure uh, that we have all inherited here in the state of New Mexico. Apparently, a guy by the name of Jose Armas is going to help him write that because we know that Manny can't write it himself between the number of diabetic shots that he's going to be taking throughout the day and just trying to make it through the day. Um, so we'll, we'll wait to, for this to kind of come together. He is a complete and total tragic figure in so many ways. Um, you know, I had the uh, unfortunate, uh, uh, the misfortune of meeting him during a time and as soon as they said that, what my name is, it says, hey, we're related. Uh, you could be my son. I'm like, I couldn't be anything like you. My father and my grandparents built this city. You have uh, uh, reaped a huge line of death and destruction throughout this state and enabled the criminal ne- an element, including your friends, relatives, and uh, most of all, the criminals uh, who have aimed to serve you. We're run by mafiosos, and uh, he was one of the lead bosses for a very long time here in the state of New Mexico, Doubt. Yeah, and you know, Eddie, this is an exhibit. This this uh, 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 grotesque fiction that he's written. It's it's kind of a rambling op-ed, trying to save face, trying to play identity politics and focus on you know how Hispanics have been left behind in our state. I mean, frankly, I think you know the numbers are pretty bad for every group in our state. Uh, let's let's be based. You know, let's just tell the truth. I mean, we're we're last in just about everything, and, and, and I don't know that you can limit it to to one group. But I think beyond that, getting up into orbit. These pieces really drive me crazy because you've got people from New Mexico's political establishment. And and again, I'm not a partisan guy, although there has been for 90 years one political party basically in charge 89.9% of the time. Uh, I would take it beyond party and I would just say uh, a philosophy and ideology and approach to government uh, that the elites, if you can even, <laughs> they're certainly not, as Eddie said, intellectual right. elites, they are definitely not. The people in power, business community, clergy, politics, media, um, when they come out and they write that these are, this is a little weirder because he's focused more on the Hispanic community, but when they write any kind of article about how far behind New Mexico is, you know, in, in, in any potential, in any possible socioeconomic standard, uh, and we're, we're pretty much rock bottom and, you know, just about everything and one of the most stressed states, interesting connection there. Um, it just, it's the lack of uh, self-awareness and situational awareness on the part of these people, Eddie, abs- drives me absolutely bonkers. You're the people who've been in charge forever. And so when you run down these litanies of how awful things are, uh, I don't know. It's not evangelical Christians. It's not atheist libertarians. It's not not Swiss bankers. It's not little green men who've been in the powerful positions uh, in what passes for government in New Mexico for the last multi-decadal, decadal, decadal. It's people like you. So. Isn't it kind of an indictment of yourself, this creed occur that you make uh, or creed spleen that you make about how awful things are and how much you care? But you folks are the ones who've been in charge. So isn't it an indictment uh, of yourself? Boy, it's easy to cast uh, aspersions and accusations uh, for for why uh, everything's wrong. You sure don't see that little uh, that plank in your own eye, do you? And I just, Eddie, I marvel at these people's lack of awareness. And um, and and Senator ex Senator Aragon is just the latest example. I see these things written all the time, and I just wonder what planet these people are on. You're you're preparing a brief, a, an indictment 
of your own community and you're not you're too dumb to figure that out uh that's uh that's my take on the whole thing yeah there's so many criminals that have been part of the democratic party i mean just this last year alone between heather williams or sharon williams whatever her name is stapleton you know the cd1 candidate and her dui uh certainly that'll go to a conviction and what she's done in terms of resigning her position um you know we've seen democrat after democrat uh, up north resigning their positions uh we've seen them near espanola i believe uh the guy's name was Jaramillo or Trujillo or something like that. He had a double L and a J somewhere. So I'm, I'm probably, you know, close at least on that. But he resigned his position and decided to go ahead and run. We have enabled our criminals so long and they've enabled the criminal element uh, here in our state, whether it's selling drugs or murdering people. Um, they just don't see anything wrong. And that is ultimately what is wrong uh, with our state. There is no consequences for these people. And the Santa Fe New Mexican is, is certainly, I think, criminal for allowing him to run his stuff his filth in that paper i think it just further blurs uh, many of those lines and you know people can't discern for themselves the difference between right and wrong the editorial staff of the santa fe new mexican and how much mylon likes to read me uh, or listen to me so that he can go ahead and create some sort of uh writing uh escribidos for his uh for his restaurants etc uh <laughs> that that india palace we of course know that that was uh, how that was done and i've been right on that and he has to come on that so you know it takes a long time for these people to come around and i wish Amanda said uh would uh, come around on this uh, as well. I think he's really good. I'd love to have him on our our program and talk to him about that. Or I'd like to talk to Kai Porter, who he's interviewed me and as, as, why he didn't make the proper disclosures as to why Ametisette is allowed to go ahead and enable criminals uh, on there and uh, say that what was said by the city of Albuquerque was libel or was unconstitutional, whatever it happens to be. We just enable our criminals way too much here in the state. And in the state where I'm at currently, broadcasting from Hotel Park, also del Norte in Texas, uh, they don't enable criminals here. There are penalties and people go to jail. And there are plenty of bail bondsmen around here that have to go ahead and uh, get through. 550-5500. That's 550-5500 right here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. When we return, we're going to get to some more stuff. Uh, Dowd, we got so much. Uh, we want to talk about the, I, I, I want to talk about the Faroe Islands. It's a place I want to go to. It's south mm-hmm east of Iceland, but it's north of Scotland. And I wanted to get your take on that because there's no doubt that they have done things right right from the very beginning. In fact, I'm thinking of any place I'm, I might need to retire. Uh, I think that might be one of the places to go to. And we can actually take the Copenhagen or Scandinavian uh, Reykjavik uh, Airlines uh, there. We'll get into that. We'll get into a four-star general, uh, Jack Keane, who says the Ukraine can actually win that war. Uh, more misinformation coming out uh, from the left. And it's always easy to find these guys who haven't been in uh, the the um, uh, the news for a while. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Bo Biden. I wanted to get into Española as well. Speaking up uh, up north, not just the police blotter. I think I'll wait until tomorrow to get, get to these stuff. So you have to wait tomorrow for the Española stuff. Um, but I think that uh, there was a fight as well back on March the 9th that uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about. A and new uh, <laughs> A new, well no, they, there is never a new low for Española. There's just they're just, they're, yeah, no, they, they never really kind of get it back. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, uh, after having a Republican mayor, they, they're they're just going to hit rock bottom once again. I mean, you talk about, you know, Albuquerque being the armpit of America. Espanola inevitably uh, becomes the armpit of the state of New Mexico. And you'll see why uh, when we not just read the police blotters, uh, but we also talk uh, specifically about what happens. You can't even have a normal basketball game with an Espanola Valley 
Valley team. Uh, apparently, uh, there's a lot of uh, people uh, uh, getting into fights. And finally, Joe Rogan apparently might quit Spotify. I doubt that uh, very seriously. That guy only cares about one thing, and that's money, fame, and uh, his name. Back after a quick break. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in right into the Kiva on AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, And uh, Eric, thanks for putting together the show uh, as well, broadcasting live from the Hotel Paso del Norte in downtown El Paso. I'm Eddie Aragon. D. Dowd Musk and I will be back in four minutes. We don't take our trips on LSD. We don't burn our draft cards down on Main Street. Cause we like living right and being free. We don't make a party out of loving. But we like holding hands and pitching woo. We don't let our hair grow long and shaggy Like the hippies out in San Francisco do I'm proud to be an Okie from the Stokie All right, here in the Kiva, a little, uh, who, who is that? It's uh, Dowd. Is that? Yes. Chiffon. The Chiffon. She's, she's so fine. Is that it? I was looking at the, I think it was the Diana Ross and the Supremes, the first act to have, I think, something like five consecutive number ones. Um, uh, America's always irredeemably racist. Uh, it's not like any black artists, even back during the segregation era, had massive success in the United States. But, you know, again, another little little fact that just goes down the memory hole if you're woke. And Eddie, this was also the track that George Harrison was sued for since it sounds so much like... Uh... My, my sweet, sweet lord, lord. Yeah. yes yes my sweet oh, really that was he had to pay out the I one think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, did. he, lost. he had yeah. to pay wait yep. so wait so his most famous song he had to pay to a group <laughs> uh i doubt racism played any probably played anything in any of that so he's the white guy and the the black female sued him and you know they probably won at first pass because yeah. they played it side by side is that right um, yeah, the, there you go. That, he couldn't have been just a fan, right? He couldn't have just liked the, the great song. <laughs> right, <of it>. right. <laughs> no, I mean, the guy for the Beatles, I don't know that the Beatles ever did anything that was original or on their own. They couldn't have come up with anything on their own. Certainly not George Harrison, you know? So they had to, they, they, they got everything they, you know, the Beatles only got everything that they ever did, probably from either Motown or Smokey Robinson or I don't know, uh, Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. I think originated music. Uh, if you, I mean, just talk to anybody in the black community, they'll tell you. <laughs> just for the details, 1976, Judge Richard Owen, U.S. District Court, found that uh, the, the quiet Beatle, uh, Mr. Harrison, had, quote, subconsciously copied uh, the tune uh, from He's So Fine. 
So if you do something subconsciously, you're still legally responsible for the payouts. Is that correct? So if you heard something that was similar and somebody decided to sue you subconsciously, they've got to basically pay you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, there you go. Very song, effective. Uh, and according to, I guess the publisher was Bright Tunes Music. A guy named Bright Ronnie Tunes. Uh, okay. You know, let's mm. face it. A lot of those Motown hits, they weren't written by the actual artist. They were written by Jewish guys in New York. That's just kind of the way it was. Uh, I don't know what I, I haven't heard the name, you know, Lieber and Stoller, those kind of guys. I don't know Ronnie Mac, but uh, poor Georgie uh, subconsciously <laughs> took this. Harrison was, in fact, according to the Quiet Beetle, he was inspired by Oh Happy Day by the Edwin Hawkins singers uh, back when RBG passed away and I still had a Facebook account. Uh, I put out uh, Oh Happy Day. I had it on a continuous loop on my Facebook account uh, because it's a wonderful song and that was a glorious day when RGB uh, passed away. Uh, during a December 1969 European tour, uh, he wrote My Sweet Lord uh, with, uh, let's see, he first offered My Sweet Lord to Billy Preston who recorded it for his Encouraging Words LP after the Beatles uh, split up, uh, causing many, many teen girls to cry in 1970. Uh, Harrison recorded his own version, which became the first single from the triple disc uh, and considered classic album, All Things Must Pass. And that is your music history update for today, ladies. Uh, not included in that musical history is happy birthday. Uh, he must have had a few happy birthdays until he got divorced from Layla. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Layla, uh, happy birthday, 77th birthday to Eric Clapton. Uh, Eric Clapton, um, the song Layla is about George Harrison's wife and how he couldn't get enough. Yeah. And then, uh, she's a, she's a real piece of work, uh, boy, getting in between the two of them. And, uh, that, that little riff there was written about, uh, Eric's obsession with Layla who he inevitably divorced uh, as well as George Harrison. George said, hey, you, you want her? You want my music? You want, you want me to pay the community over there for uh, Oh Sweet Lord or whatever? Well, we can do that. Uh, Eric, you want my wife? You can have her. I mean, I think uh, George Harrison, you know, he he pretty much, uh, I think he, he relays, uh, you know, his, his spiritual realization. Uh, incidentally, his best friend or one of his best friends is Nora Jones' father, who was the sitar player, if you don't uh, recall Nora Jones incidentally yeah uh Nora Jones incidentally is also um uh, celebrating a birthday today 43 by the way sunrise sunrise yeah but she has some good song and then of course you guys know her famous one if you can nail that one but a uh, little bit a little bit of Layla here probably is uh, taking us out so I want to get to this Trump video and I want you guys to realize who Trump is now um, the fight you have to consider, you know, and I know you're getting upset with me and I'm making fun of your Trumpy bear. I'm like, I'm not doing any of this stuff. You guys need to get past these politicians. Trump has become a politician. Okay. That's what he is now. He wasn't before. We liked him when he wasn't a politician. We loved him when he used to take everybody out. But now it's just constantly money grabbing, asking for this, asking for that. And I don't have time for it any longer because we have been uh, in the fight. Uh, let me give you a little bit of a write-up here from Melvin. Once a politician identifies a problem, it will never be solved unless political power be conceded back to the people. And I think we see that, right? Because ultimately, it's about their power, their legacy, how they're reflected. Trump will forever, in my book, be the 
greatest president in the history of this country. The greatest four years until we see something else. You aren't going to see another four years like what we had under him. Unfortunately, the last year of his presidency, he basically handed us off directly to Burks and Fauci because he didn't see that coming. I think if he truly wanted to be magnificent, not just great, but magnificent, he would have been able to keep that away and keep that at bay. Um, the greatest uh, State of the Union speech was given by him when he awarded Rush Limbaugh, just not just that, but you know, had Nancy Pelosi so fuming that she tore up uh, her notes and all this. I will forever remember that, and I literally called it that night as I carried it, the greatest State of the Union speech, period. And from that point, a month later, it was all downhill. That's right, folks. From February 5th, 2020 until everything got announced on March 13th, 2020. And here we are on 2022. By the way, folks, uh, the background there is the bar of the Hotel Paso del Norte, where I'm broadcasting uh, live from. So if you can hear a little bit of that remnants behind me. And I think, Dad, you can probably hear a little bit of the, the laughing there. I think they're, they're laughing because they're uh, they're like in total agreement that Trump is also, you know, one of the, the, the greatest presidents in the United States. So, so back to this i think it's important for us to um uh, realize like this guy he says <clears throat> well i like your program eddie i've donated to your cause it's not my cause it's our cause okay this is the problem this is the things that people fail to realize these politicians need to make it our effort, our cause, what we are pursuing together. And we lost a lot of that during this time because things got so divided up. This is our country. We're losing that. He says, Trump owns the Republican Party. What rock are you living under that you think that Donald Trump owns the Republican Party? Republican Party owns Donald Trump because they did not want to advance Trump's cause, okay? His policies, everything else. But unfortunately, the good Republicans who are out there they took one too many hits from the Marco Rubios of the world or the, you know, the, the, the Senate leader, uh, the Senate majority leader, now the, now the Senate minority leader. We took one too many hits and we succumbed to that. And now we don't, when we give our money to the Republican Party, are we giving it to Trump? No. There's one hand that's giving it to the Republican Party and the other hand that's giving it to Donald Trump. I never asked Trump for anything. I still think he's the greatest president. My problem inevitably is, is the fact that the Republican Party isn't behind Donald Trump and Trump isn't behind the Republican Party. That's divided. I'm not the one who's dividing all of that. But this guy goes on to say, Ron DeSantis will have his day, but it's not now. It doesn't need to be now. He's going to win the Republican governor. He's going to win the governorship for the Republicans in Florida in 22, hand it off and then run nationally because he's probably going to grow his district by at least three congressional seats maybe four maybe five one of those congressional seats could have been for donald trump and donald trump could have been speaker of the house now uh eric has this whole thing queued up but here is his response when asked about whether or not he wanted to be speaker of the house and and join join in all this and i gotta tell you it's something to listen to uh eric if you have that queued up uh take it away when you have these woke revolutions it requires all of us at some point to say, That's no, commercials. not going to do this. At the rally, when Congressman Matt Gates brought up you being nominated for Speaker of the House, and I, your reaction intrigued me because I couldn't tell one way or the other how you felt about that, your reaction. No, I think that uh, it's not something I wanted. A lot of people bring it up. It's brought up all the time. Yeah. Um, no, it's not something I want to do. I want to look at what's happening and then we're going to be doing something else. No, it's not something I would be interested in. We're, we're going to be looking at what's happening and seeing what we're doing. And I'm not interested. 
we would we would have him as speaker of the house tomorrow if you had that much power and we can say that the election was stolen and you could be the most powerful person in congress those are the words of donald trump what was that yesterday the day before what it is uh i'm gonna send you the desantis piece the guy's fighting on the the crt front he's fighting on every single front that there is that's what we need we need a fighter they're both in florida and if florida uh is representative i think of the best of this country which i believe that it is going forth on on everything then the only person i think and i we could see truly going forward with is a guy who's quasi hispanic um you know has a young man he has a family um he is a uh, jag uh, judge advocate general he's an attorney and i think that he'll keep the fight uh, for us dad i i just don't see us uh after a guy who's going to have an election this year will win by a landslide has converted the state and has grown the state i don't see us not getting behind uh ron DeSantis. i know a lot of you guys are living in la la land thinking that donald trump's going to come back and come and save us but he got decimated he got decimated by the media. He got decimated by the news groups. He got decimated by everybody. And here's the problem that I have with Donald Trump is he didn't run to Rudy Giuliani. He didn't run to Mike Lindell's. I don't even like Mike Lindell, and I feel bad for Mike Lindell for how bad he stuck his neck up for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump didn't even bother for a single second to go ahead and say, hey, you know what? I appreciate what Mike Lindell has decided to do. Steve Bannon has now gone to jail for a day or two as well. Steve Bannon is the architect for the Trump win back in 2016. I watch uh, Steve Bannon uh, religiously every single day. And even Steve Bannon is like, well, you know, I don't know what's coming next, but it's definitely probably not Donald Trump. We can talk about how great everything is. But for those of you guys who are living in this past where we're going to go ahead and, and have a Make America Great Again or 2024, or we have these polls or rallies or anything, you're throwing your money away, folks. You're throwing your money away. The fight is here today in 2022, not for a presidential run in 23 or 24, okay? And maybe he could win against Biden, but he's not going to be facing Biden in 2024. When you put up Donald Trump against Michelle Obama and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with our media, our propagandist, communist media endeavor that's out there, there is zero chance of Donald Trump winning. Zero. Actually, with a capital double zero, let me let me impress it upon you so hard. And I'm a part of the media. The only person that can come out is like a Candace Owens uh, coupled with a Ron DeSantis. That's the only way that you're going to be able to go ahead and win this election. And we have to win this election or we will lose our country forever. Just like we need to win the governorship. It, it, Ron Ketty isn't going to beat Michelle Lujan Grisham. I don't care how much money you give him. Okay, there's no way the powers that be are going to allow Mark Ronchetti to go in. And besides, what is he? He's pointed to a board and and talked about the weather. Wouldn't you want someone who's owned a private company, who's a brigadier general, someone who's run Guantanamo Bay, you know, someone who's an overall nice guy versus a guy who's telling us what the weather is? I can tell you what the weather is in the easiest degree to get and your bachelor's degree and is in meteorology. We already covered all this territory, folks. Why are you giving your money to Mark Ronchetti? I don't understand it. Okay. We got to stop with this dream uh, of, of what we think is good for us or who has name recognition, that is not going to win an election. Michelle Lujan Grisham will wipe the floor with Mark Ronchetti's ass in the general. That's just the way it's going to work. Okay? They will stop at nothing. They are praying that it either is 
one white person or another that's going to get through. And they're so incredibly happy that you didn't pick a Hispanic running for governorship for the state of New Mexico. They, they couldn't be happier about it. I don't know what else I can possibly say here to add to this, Dowd, but, you know, it's time that New Mexico has a reality check. And I'm sorry that I'm the one that has to give it to them. Yeah, I mean, Eddie, just to get back to, to DeSantis, I mean, I, I we talked about Ronchetti yesterday. I, I really <laughs> I don't see myself voting for Ron, Mark Ronchetti if he's the nominee. I, I'm sorry, folks. I mean, talk about more of the same. Oh, don't get me started. But, you know, the thing about DeSantis, and I know a lot of people, uh, I would say, almost worship Donald Trump, uh, particularly if you're a religious person. I don't know where you square that. You're not supposed to worship man or mankind, right? You're not supposed to uh, bow before a man on the white horse. I mean, aren't you more interested in you know higher things? Uh, I'm not a big believer in the man on the white horse. I don't I, I despise mo- almost every politician. I don't worship uh, men, I worship ideas. Uh, I think that cultural change is needed. Having said that, if you're just talking about good and bad, uh, and I did vote for Donald Trump in 2020 because I think we're experiencing extraordinary times in our country. I'm normally very cynical about politics. Uh, what I like about uh, DeSantis, DeSantis is a fighter. Uh, he's a, he's a, just to listen to some of his back and forth with the reporters. Uh, very well spoken. He's a fighter. He doesn't back down. He doesn't apologize. Uh, he's kind of the opposite of a Mitt Romney. Anytime some editorial page writes something critical, you immediately you know reverse your position. I like uh, that DeSantis does not apologize, and he goes right back at the people coming at him. But I also Eddie like what I like about DeSantis, and it's rare for me to praise any politician, but I think with his legal background, his military background. He's a much more disciplined person than Donald Trump. Uh, uh, you know, Trump is a little out there. Uh, I think he's much more polished. Uh, I really, having not spent five seconds in the military, and I wouldn't even make it through day one of boot camp, I really do respect uh, the people with that military background. I mean, boy, do they have a work ethic and they're organized. And I think is that guy on the other side of the glass over there, do you have military background? There, there's the, is that the jarhead on the other side of the background? And, you know, a lot of times pe- veterans and I have nothing in common, but I, I like so much about the way they comport themselves. And I do see that self-discipline and polish uh, and professionalism with DeSantis. And you're right about Trump and 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 his his enemies. I mean, it's never going to be over with this guy and it's never going to be over exactly it's right Dowd. we can't take that and, on and you want to talk about taking the wind out of the sails out of the entire establishment in this country if they don't have evil orange man to campaign against in 2024 they're going to have to just kind of reassess their situation they're going to be enormously uh, disappointed and don't forget ron DeSantis, younger guy wife is a cancer survivor the guy's got cute little kids i mean Ron DeSantis, in a lot of ways, just neutralizes all that stuff that they would you know, hang around Donald Trump. And frankly, Donald Trump handed them a lot of knives to stick into his back and his front with the, with the family drama situation and, and, the, and the recklessness on, on the social media. Do, do you see Ron DeSantis engaging in any kind of that stuff? Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm with Eddie on this. I'm not a political guy, but I do think we are at a particularly low point in our country. Uh, and while I don't worship Ron DeSantis, I think it's kind of a no brainer if you're giving me a straight up A or B choice right now. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I am. Uh, I guess I'm part of the problem. You got to talk about the guys who can win. 
Yeah, and Dowd, you got to talk about the guys who can win, uh, who can make it achievable. I, I think, you know, if you had Jay McCluskey uh, with uh, with uh, Greg Zanetti instead of Ronchetti, because there's no way Michelle Lujan Grisham can debate Greg Zanetti. And one of the reasons why Ronchetti did what he did inside the primary, why he won't, he's non-responsive, I'm going to try and have a, a debate with all this, is is he wanted to make sure that both Dow and Block, he's always like, okay, let's go ahead and give them the uh, vote so we can go ahead. And that's how you saw these big votes for both Jay Block and for Rebecca Dow and all this because you know 28-29% I think uh, Zanetti got like 23% they wanted to see him so they could dilute the race so Ronchetti with name recognition can get out he can get out of the primary and it makes a makes a lot of sense it's a brilliant move by jay mccluskey who's you know brilliant uh, uh, political strategist they're raising lots of money and that's basically what people are seeing people aren't paying enough attention to the in-depth analysis of this of what's achievable michelle lujan grisham is going to wipe the floor in 2022 with the republicans unless the republicans can figure out how to play identity politics unless they themselves can stop being racist unless they themselves look they don't even get behind me for the mayoral race. I'm not punishing them for that. I'm simply telling them that they just aren't on on principle, aren't going to get behind conservatives. Ronchetti was an anti-Trumper. Yep. Did anybody forget about that during that time? One of the things that actually did him in against Ben Ray Lujan was exactly that. You don't think that that stuff's going to come back to haunt him, especially during the primary? I mean, you've got to think about these things, folks. And, and, and McCluskey comes from the Bush camp. That's what his background is in, in all of this. And I'm happy. I am absolutely happy. Uh, Jay McCluskey would be a guy 10 times out of 10 that I would absolutely have behind me organizing my cam- campaign, putting things together, because the guy, in my opinion, can win. And that I told you before this, Dowd, that if him and I could come together and put things together, we could definitely take over the state. The problem is, is ideologically and 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 putting things together uh, with 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 the Republican Party just can't seem to do it. And there's just I think way, way too much hate for Hispanic candidates. I'm hoping that Luis Sanchez uh, ends up being. Um, yes, rhinos in New Mexico do suck. I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Luis Sanchez can sort of lead the charge. I think he is the one guy that's going to actually help in all this. A, he's a nice guy. B, Hispanic. C, he's from uh, South Valley. D, he's a business owner. I mean, in my opinion, there's not enough good things. Michelle Garcia Holmes should get out of the race. And now, right now, so uh, Louis doesn't have to spend a single dollar. It's not like Michelle's raising any money. And let's not forget, she was cheap of staff for Gary King. Uh, Gary King, the same guy who... Uh, as attorney general under uh, Bill Richardson, allowed him, allowed uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein to go ahead and write his ticket off and no longer be registered as a sex offender. So there's some real curious things in all this. We've got to straighten out politics. We've got to win. But I got to tell you, Michelle Lujan Grisham right now has got to be laughing all the way to the bank uh, with the amount of money she's raised and the the way that we've run our candidacy. I mean, the Bernalillo County GOP and the Republican Party of the state of New Mexico, uh, the embarrassment that they ran both in Rio Doso and the one that they're doing here as they continue to just kind of weed out and get rid of different ridiculous i mean the Bernalillo county commission certainly seems uh, achievable i just uh, uh became familiar with a candidate for bd5 uh, the county commission as you know one of my best friends was uh county commissioner in uh, lonnie talbert 
Ultima Banker. And then let's not forget, you also had uh, you also have Walt Benson, who's now replaced Lonnie Talbert. I mean, they're going to need our help. They're going to need our insight for all this. And and these are guys that just knew how to. They never took extreme positions on anything, but they also uh, had their stuff uh, that was disconnected directly from the Republican Party. Uh, they didn't get involved with any of these party politics, which is why they were able to win. If you're heavily involved in Republican Party on uh, one way or another, uh, you might as well just go ahead and, and uh, you know, <laughs> you don't need to count your chickens before they hatch because they'll never hatch. Uh, they, it is designed as a uh, controlled opposition, folks. Uh, when Stephanie Lord, when she ran, I told her to run. I said, do two things. Make sure you say Republican, 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 and make sure that you say that you're a Trump supporter. I worry for her. She's heavily involved. I doubt that she's going to be able to pull it out regardless of what's happening on the other side of the mountain. I think that's a, that's a curious thing. And uh, the person who's now running the Democratic Party of the state of New Mexico is... Um, was the opponent that she beat by less than 200 votes or 300 votes or whatever it happens to be. So I think the Republicans have an uphill battle. And part of the reason is they haven't actually identified who the true leaders are because the public understands who its leaders are, but the public does not understand that the Republican party, either Bernalillo County or the state of New Mexico has any sort of like we have more leverage. And I think uh, gravitas in the Kiva than they do the rest of the state. And that's why they continue to try to replicate us in various states. That's why, you know, Rhino, Janice Arnold Jones, who continues to run controlled opposition, is on another state. You've got a, another woman who, well, I don't know if it's a woman or a man, but she's running controlled opposition now that she's involved in the Republican Party. I mean, folks, we are now down for a new party at this point with the things that have failed in the state. I know Steve Pierce has done, in my opinion, a pretty good job. But the problem is he's done it on his own and not been able to go ahead and do anything else because the party is working against him entirely. I mean, you think it's you think it's Steve Pierce's problem. You think it's Steve Pierce's fault. The, the guy can't mess anything up because there's nobody in the Republican Party who's actually behind him. And he's connected to everything. And the only statewide office or quasi state uh, office that uh, we actually have. The only uh, state office you have is one by uh, Yvette Harrell. And who do you think was behind Yvette Harrell? That would be Steve Pierce. That would be Steve Pierce, folks. And in the city council, well, we can get on that. We'll take a quick caller. We'll see if we can do this one more time. If I get disconnected. Uh, uh, by the way, who was the caller yesterday shilling for that only one candidate uh, in the state of New Mexico? Before I take this phone call down, you had uh, a, you took a phone a call. Email caller, yes. Uh, I forget. The yeah, one. but who is she for? Uh, she was for Greg. Who is she for? Greg Zanetti. Okay. All right. Uh, caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. <laughs> No one can out-debate uh, Mr. Zanetti when it comes down to the facts of the situation. On your show, he has done more than enough to prove that he is mission-capable beyond, beyond need. To the lady yesterday, yes, I heard her, but I couldn't hear you. Yeah, whatever with your uh, remote thingy. Oh, yeah. He has definitely got his ducks in the line. He's got his stuff in the line. Okay. Sounds good. I appreciate the phone call, Dave. Thanks for calling in and agreeing with me. I was hoping for a little bit more insight, but uh, you can go ahead and disconnect the uh, phone call. 550-5500. That's 550-5500 in the Kiva if you want to go ahead and text in. Let me read some texts that have uh, come in. I don't really need echoes. I don't need the Kiva to be an echo chamber, and I don't need anybody to repeat what I'm saying. I I really don't. We're at a point where we're in true crisis. 
crisis mode. And if you think I'm rude or lewd or whatever, we've got a show to actually get through. We're not calling to just listen to people talk. So you can find another show to listen to if you'd like. Um, and we're totally happy with that. Uh, let's see. Hillary and the DNC got fined for Russiagate baloney. Yeah. And we're going after them. Well, that's the only place. And I'm talking to Trump's people. Trump's attorney is my attorney, folks. Let's not forget that when we had to sue for CD1. And I've already talked to him. And we're trying to get some sort of traction on that. But that's the only way Trump makes it back uh, to the front of the line on any of this is if he's actually able to hold these guys over a barrel. But if you actually read the legal pleading, did you see the legal pleading that I sent you, Dowd, from, from the Trump camp? Not yet. Okay, well, I sent it to you, I think, uh, late last week. And in that legal pleading, they're not asking for any kind of damages or anything. So that makes it a very curious thing as to why they're putting that stuff out there and nothing's happening. So you can't make anything happen unless you're asking uh, for actual some sort of damages. Hi, Eddie. It's Nancy. I totally agree with your assessment of Ron Ketty. Greg's and Eddie can turn the state around if we all just get on the wagon and pull him. There is no wagon. That's the problem. You're confusing Zucchetti, Zanetti, Ronchetti, all this stuff. If we'll just get on the wagon and pull him up, he's a great guy and a great businessman. I know from experience of working with him. A lot of people would agree with that. Yeah. You know, the, 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 problem, the problem has to do with, he's been on Newsmax three times this weekend, uh, over the weekend. You know, he's Brigadier General. He's got uh, quite the following in terms of people who actually know him. The, you know, the thing is, is you don't have a good, in my opinion, uh, yet with him. I don't know who his consulting and campaign arm of what he's doing. I mean, we did everything on our own. I mean, if I was consulting for his campaign, you know, I'd say, okay, look at look at what we did in the very short time that we did. You got to be on the attack. You got to constantly be on the attack, which is exactly what we were we were doing. Um, oh, this is a good one, Dowd. I knew the lead FBI agent in the Manny Aragon case. He told me the FBI, Obama, DOJ, that he could go as high up in the state government as he wanted. But the moment that Bill Richardson's name was even mentioned in this case, the case would be closed without seeing the inside of a courtroom. I mean, you know, talk about really having a lot of stroke. Bill Richardson, that's a made man. I mean, that yep. guy, untouchable. And if this uh, Virginia Giuffre thing was any indication in the connection to, to Hunter Biden and Devin Archer and BGK and all this, if that didn't do Bill Richardson in, nothing going to do Bill Richardson in. I mean, Bill Richardson is like enjoying. He's probably having a you know a couple of tequilas, some wine, and hanging out on the beach somewhere uh, and, without uh, uh, worry in the world. Just, just uh, This is not a text, but I was just sent an email from someone I trust. Uh, a relative of theirs used to be a drug and counselor, a drug and alcohol counselor at the Turquoise Lodge Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center uh, on Isleta Boulevard. Uh, she would tell us that many times Manny Aragon would be down there pushing, hushing the staff about the state government folks who were there for treatment instead of jail time, uh, not to mention the, fa- uh, the t- number of times that Aragon himself was admitted there. So um, <clears throat> that's a, from a reliable source. Yeah, I saw the same one. Thank you for doing that. Ooh, here we are. Um, There's a lot of talk Republicans sweeping the House and Senate this year. Personally, I'm not so sure. I certainly hope so. But even if they do, I don't have much to uh, trust as they'll take it to the Biden administration. What's your take? I want them to take the gloves off and go after them, like impeaching Biden, expose all the corruption, go after shift Jerry Nadler, blow it up, so to speak. Here's the problem. This is I I totally 100 percent agree with that. You've got to take the gloves off. You have to go after them. It's got to be naked aggression. We didn't get that from Trump, and we don't, we're not getting it from current rhinos in, in Congress or in the Senate right now, Dowd. So I'm all about that. You've got to be willing to put it all out on the line uh, for them. You know, the Democrats' uh, commitment to win is a little, uh, is a little. I hate to 
phrase it this way. There's no, you know, it's a little bit like uh, the jihadis, uh, you know, the radical jihadis. Uh, and the Republicans are like, well, you know, we're just going to go ahead and uh, wear our values and the red, white, and blue, and God will get us through. And like, no, you got to take the fight directly to these guys. I mean, it's just, words just don't work. I just, I hate to say it. Uh, 550, 5500, you got to show. Uh, hi, Eddie. I'm glad that you're a Ron DeSantis supporter. I hope your strong endorsement of him somehow makes its way to him or his people. I mean, he'd appreciate your endorsement. I like him, and I think he's done wonderful things for Florida. There's still some time before the presidential. Like, here we go. I can feel it. I feel it. So we'll see what transpires between now and then. Here comes the ardent. I don't worship mankind. My only savior is Jesus Christ. I don't hold a Trumpy bear, and I hold blind allegiance to no one. Right now, I remain in President Trump's corner. As Karen Bedoni stated right before she was headed off to see him, he's still my president. Karen Bedoni is a libertarian. Do I need to say anything else at this point? Do I need to say anything else? I don't think so. 550, 5500. That's 550, 5500. We'll cut to break. We'll skip the top of the hour uh, news um, uh, here in the Kiva. Uh, it, that's a woman for quote unquote Karen Bedoni or quoting Karen Bedoni Dowd, but at the same time, she says that she's for Greg Zanetti. That's some confusion going on. Uh, Karen Bedoni dropped out of the gubernatorial race from the uh, Republican conservative side um, because she wasn't getting in support and joining the libertarian side of things. And, you know, I'm fine for whatever people want to do, but I believe the biggest thing about Karen Bedoni is she always said she was born a Republican, I don't know, die a Republican, always been a Republican, talked about Ronald Reagan, and then at first opportunity, you know, jumps out of the Republican side of things. I like Karen a whole lot, um, but she's not somebody I can even get anywhere next to because she's a libertarian uh from the libertarian party and so there's small owls like doubt and then there's the big owls exactly. which uh, turns out to be a big loser yeah it, it, it turned out to be big losers uh in all of this so uh, there we go finally uh gina checks in uh let me get to this uh, sorry i cut out of the video there um i apologize uh, for that um here, here we go respectfully eddie uh, let's see let's let's see this load i'm challenging our audience doubt as you can see they're all like coming in on eggshells they think that i don't know what i'm talking about that i've lost my mind that i'm not reading or keeping up with current events like all that stuff respectfully eddie unless the dominion machines are gone and we return to paper ballots and voter id how could you ever expect our votes to count great good point 2020 needs to be fixed not because of president trump per se because of all the fraud, our vote was stolen. How about the 2021 mayoral election? Do you know how many people I run into that say they voted for me? I run into them in El Paso. They say that the election was stolen. There you go, folks. And what do you have uh, Tim Keller doing? He's doing his best Eddie Aragon impression as mayor right now. We'll uh, go ahead and take a quick break. We'll bring it back right after this. An hour three, commercial free, you and me. The Dowd makes three, 3,000 right here in the Kiva Broadcasting Live from the, for the final day from the Hotel Paso del Norte right here in El Paso. Texas. Good job on the phone call there. Uh, big man, Eric uh, in the booth manning that and I'll be back uh, for Thursday and Friday and and then some uh, next week. I'm going to be out and about uh, once again. So Monday through Monday, Tuesday of next week, I'll be out, but I'll be back uh, Wednesday through Friday again. And then uh, we've got another week uh, to go and I'm going to be getting out trying to add more and more things to our Saturdays in the salon with D. Dad Muska. And that should be his, his program, to be quite honest. I talk too much. Uh, and Eddie Eric we'll be doing that Saturday morning, 7 to 10. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Back after a quick break. Thanks for listening. On the water, 
look so lovely. Sunshine almost always makes me high. If I had a day that I could give you. Give to you a day just like today. In my eyes, in this pose, in disguises, no one knows. Six in the 505 and more 411 here for you. Third hour, I am at here on the Rock of Talk AM 1600 KIBQ.FM, com. Don't forget, you can catch us on Kiva.AM as well. For those of you who might be having some signal strength issues, I think that was uh, you know one of those things that you can take care of. Listen to us 24 7 on the app at ABQ.FM and rockoftalk.com. We're on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Don't forget, you can app us, download our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. And well, how about getting the annotated notes every single day at rockoftalk.chat, not to mention the blast that uh, blasts off into your inbox every morning at 4 a.m. Complete show notes, the show, the video, everything uh, directly in there, and uh, soon to be the app as well for rockoftalk.chat. And uh, I did have an opportunity to read the uh, finally the complete and total PDF of uh, someone who is our, a fan and a big supporter of our radio station, but she says that she is on the brink of tuning us out forever because we have decided not to support uh, you know, Donald Trump and that Donald Trump didn't support the, uh, he did support the Latino community. It's like, what is this thing that you only listen to us if we're like full-blown Trump supporters? Stop. I feel like the Trump supporters have become liberals. It's it's like if they don't ram this down your throat, you don't accept it, then you're anti-American or you're racist. Like, when did... When did they start? When did this genuflection that started with all this stuff, folks? You know, you just got to stop this insanity. You've got to be rational and think through all this. Uh, by the way, that song, uh, Chris Cornell, the great late Chris, Chris Cornell, Black Hole Sun, that's about pedophilia. Look it up. Uh, I know that song in the middle of my um 
our lobby there at the Kiva. We've got a uh, black hole sun hanging over uh, the couch that's right there. I'm not sure if Dowd's ever noticed that, but lots and lots of stories that uh, come in uh, directly from the Kiva. So we've got a lot of stuff to get to. Hour three, you and me, the Dowd makes three, and we've got a lot to get to. We're going to keep it local in all of this, and uh, I think really kind of focus on all the big stories. So much to get to uh, here, Dowd, and uh, we'll we'll sort of uh, kick it off with a lot of these uh, late uh, woke news. I think that's uh, coming in. Thank you. Uh, uh, go ahead and take it uh, from there, Dowd, if you would. Oh, yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of awake, uh, awoke, uh, awoke. <laughs> actually, if you're woke, you're not really awake, right? It means you're actually sleeping. Uh, something I caught, and, and I've been doing this for some time, looking at the press releases from our uh, <clears throat> university industrial system in uh, New Mexico, I, I believe the uh, Legislative Finance Committee researchers found that there are 73 different points of physical contact for you to interact with the higher education system in New Mexico. So uh, we know we have confirmation that it is, in fact, a jobs program and not, not something to help uh, young people who need a tertiary level education. So this this kind of caught my eye. There's a, actually a couple here, but the one that uh, I guess the two that pop off uh, first, we're gonna, uh, second, we're going to look at social justice. But right off the top, we're going to look at the UNM Black Alumni Chapter, which, uh, again, I just I guess it's just something in libertarian DNA. I just can't think of myself as a member of any kind of group based on something as superficial as uh, you know, skin pigmentation or genitalia or, or, or whatever. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I, I, I can't imagine being in the uh, George Washington University alumni, you know, Irish American alumni. It, it just, it's just, don't think of yourself as a member of groups, ladies and gentlemen. Think of yourself as an individual with unique traits, unique faults, unique uh, noble uh, traits, and uh, I, I just don't get it. Anyway, the UNM Black Alumni Chapter, apparently uh, using taxpayer resources, I guess they would, I would presumably they're sort of a private entity, but the, the press release was issued by your taxpayer supported website, uh, news.unm.edu on your dime taxpayers of New Mexico. They honored uh, two uh, living legend and trailblazers, uh, apparently for their living legend and trailblazer awards. I can't speak to Kenny Thomas graduate. I was waiting for the story now. Thank you for jumping on board with this. Thank you. I, I can tell where you were going. Uh, I can't speak to Kenny Thomas. Maybe he's the greatest person in the world for all I know. I can speak to Harold Pope. Uh, I guess he had uh, a earned his degree in 2000. Two, uh, it looks like he's a little old to be earning his degree in 2002, but uh, leaving that issue aside, he is a sitting state senator. A, uh, Of course, the black alumni chapter would be honoring black alumni. Uh, I don't really care at all that he is a black what, what about Kenny Thomas? What about Kenny? Hey, Dowd, what about Kenny Thomas? You said Pope. What about Kenny Thomas earning his degree in 2019? He went to school at the university in the 90s. Oh, see, that's why <laughs> that's why he's the host, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. OK, so that was a bit of a delay there. But so, yeah, good. See, I, I, I buried the lead, I guess. But that that comes when you don't have a lot of knowledge about sports. Uh, Harold Pope is a Democrat, you know, party hack, like most politicians in New Mexico, a Democratic Party hack, who is a just reflexive vote for the woke progressive uh, agenda that, you know, Peter Worth and all those uh, really loathsome people up at the roundhouse. Is it appropriate? Is it appropriate for a, a, an alumni association to be uh, giving an award to an, a, a member, uh, 
a graduate of the university, but who's currently serving in state government as an elected official who votes on the budget of UNM, the majority of which comes from taxpayers, not tuition, has nothing, nothing, nothing. Sorry, uh, New Mexico Republican Party. I know you you think you're that we're obsessed with race here. Has nothing. Uh, we'll leave the Española for tomorrow. Uh, has nothing to do with race. I wouldn't care if any organization associated with UNM. Uh, gave an award to to a politician with any type of background. I couldn't care less. You're giving an award to a sitting politician who is voting on the appropriations to the institution that you're connected to. Uh, I've been following this for years and years and years. The use of tax dollars or tax dollars associated with an organization that's associated with tax dollars to award politicians, to put the names of politicians on buildings. Uh, Eddie, I've been working on a piece uh, that's going to come out maybe sometime in the next couple of weeks about the way in which the air bases here in New Mexico have been issuing press releases when, uh, when politicians come to visit them, basically the air bases, uh, the U S air force acting as public flax uh, for elected politicians, partisan politicians, completely inappropriate use of tax dollars. Uh, yes, I don't like Harold Pope. He's a liberal Democrat. I probably disagree with 97% of his votes. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. Again, this was a press release sent out by the UNM website. You pay for it, honoring a Democratic sitting politician who votes on the budget for UNM. Uh, I, Am I the, am I crazy? Am I the crazy one here? I mean, does does this set off any kind of red flags? If you had any kind of ethical standard at all, do you see the conflict of interest here in this uh, Louisiana in the desert, as I call it? And my voice is going up and up and up, and it's the third hour, so I'm going to calm down and kick it back over to Eddie. And all right, there we go. I appreciate that, Dowd. Thanks for. I'm uh, I'm having some uh, truffle tater tots here. I apologize uh, for jumping into that. Yeah, you know what? You know what's really in- interesting here. It says the UNM Black Alumni Chapter. Um, where's the UNM Hispanic uh, Brown Alumni Chapter? Or the, I don't know, where, where, where's any of this stuff? I see Eric has uh, joined this. Uh, by the way, uh, Harold Pope here. Uh, he's not a native New Mexican, so he didn't honor a native New Mexican. Uh, I think that's a sin somewhere in liberal land uh, when you don't honor native New Mexican. And they get to talk about their generations, let's say. His career in the Air Force culminated with his retirement at the Kirtland Air Force Base. It culminated after he came here and got his degree. After retiring, Pope took a new challenge, serving as a transition advisor in the city of Albuquerque. You guessed it, Keller administration. There's nobody who likes to promote... Uh, black people less unless Eddie Aragon calls them out. Remember, they have never uh, promoted any black person until I call them out on the fact that they are indeed racist. Uh, I believe um, one of the, my campaign things is uh, noting that uh, they have less than 2% of them and not one department heads. And now since Tim Keller got reelected, he's now got two department heads, uh, which are both black or African-American. Oh, so that's very interesting. Well, Pope was not born here. New Mexico is his home now. Uh, sort of like that woman who was asking me the questions from Oklahoma, who is black. Uh, that was also very fun to, to call her out. And I asked her, had you relocated here to the state of New Mexico? And she wouldn't give me a uh, straight answer. So there we go. I think we should focus on our brown population, since it's a majority minority here and all that. Lots of texts coming in. Um I do want to say one thing, Dowd, um, in reference to the letter that we received. I don't think we're full of ourselves. I think we're a little bit more naked and brave about what we're saying. 
Uh, and I think that that's a, a just just absolutely being honest is is it, we don't have much of a state left, folks. People have picked up. There's a separation between the blue and the red. There isn't going to be any hope whatsoever for a red state after 2022 and 2024. You might as well pick up your sticks and your bricks and move your homes because there's not going to be something else that's left. As long as you keep dividing, as long as you keep uh, deciding that you guys are not going to get behind your Republican candidates, whether they be for mayor or house rep, or you're going to continue to support Democrats, uh, it just ain't going to work. And you have a lot of Republicans that still support Democrats uh, in this state. Uh, save the date, by the way, folks. South Valley Pride Day. Well, it's going to be April the 24th. Um, they got uh, Outstanding Citizen Awards being accepted until Friday, April the 1st. So if you guys happen to know anybody that you want to go ahead and um, celebrate and suggest, uh, I would urge you to do so. They're also looking for food trucks and other vendors. Uh, this is for the Bernalillo County uh, <clears throat> Pride Day. So I guess uh, if we can do that, uh, we might as well uh, have a population that's, um, what, 30 times the size of the black community. I guess you could uh, say on that. And uh, so let's not forget that. Um, I guess the ideas in Albuquerque are permeating to Las Cruces, Dowd. Uh, one such case is the free bus rides. Uh, so good in the year 2022, uh, despite the fact that we invested somewhere north of $130 million, played a company, paid a company, well, Bradbury and Stam, $130 million to go ahead and, and, and do this bus ride because it's supposed to make us green. It didn't. We don't have electric buses. We have lower sort of hybrid buses. And then on the flip side of that, um, was all supposed to bring in a new source of revenue and really connect the city. Uh, well, now that we have uh, free, uh, Las Cruces wants the same thing, at least for the next couple of months. That's what they're doing. No revenue for the city of Las Cruces uh, buses down, public transit. Uh, and I love the sales piece on this, right? It's the poor, the impoverished people who need the rides. Look, these are Democrats who voted for higher gas prices by virtue of the fact that they want to go green energy, and they don't even have the political sensitivity to realize uh, the tragedy of their choice is exactly what has led them to this point. They just think that they can just go ahead and ride the bus for free, and they will because they control the state. Public transit. Well, th this is this is great, Dowd. I, I, when I read this, I couldn't get enough. Public transit is a much-needed option. It's an option for anyone who is impacted by higher gas prices. Who do you think gave you have higher gas prices? That would be Michelle Lujan Grisham, your governor. And every Democrat uh, state person that's out. Heinrich is still advocating for higher gas prices, folks, across the nation, what they're experiencing. See, you create the problem, and then you come in and you bring in the solution. The, the, the solution, free buses choosing to use the city buses, shuttles, and other public transit vehicles can benefit the residents and the community. See, do you know how much the CO2 footprint for a bus is versus a vehicle that's out there, folks? You guys are moronic. You Democrats are total uh, idiots. Here we go. It is a safe form of transportation that can be used for shopping, students going to school, relief. Prepare. Yeah, let's have everybody on free buses that aren't paying for anything, that have a huge carbon footprint that's literally 20 times what any truck is, what any gas haul. Do you see the exhaust that comes out of those stupid things? And more things. County management is mindful of the financial strain many residents face when resources are available thoughtful consideration is given on how to make the biggest impact 
What about the environmental impact of these buses, you idiots? Mm -hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Does anybody even contemplate it? Is this is all level one stuff so that we can go ahead and, and get votes? Uh, more stuff from the woke left coming soon. But your reaction to that, Dan? Well, it's interesting. A lot of people who don't really think it through versus people who run the numbers is they think, well, these buses are this is a wonderful thing. And it's it's getting cars off the road and it's helping the environment. Uh, my my guru of all, all, all things, transportation and land use, uh, Randall O'Toole, has looked at this. And actually, as, it, as Eddie said, these are actually... Uh, I mean, it depends on the system and what type of energy, but broadly speaking, uh, they're actually more harmful to the environment because when you're running buses that are often empty uh, up and down, especially out here in the West where we're, we're sprawled out so much more, you're not talking about little you know, underground train cars or elevated trains in, in Chicago or you know, subways in, in the Northeast. Uh, it's actually worse worse for the environment. And Eddie, I continue to believe this is, you want to get into some uh, free market uh, uh, policy wonk uh, conspiracy stuff. I'm seeing more in Albuquerque and elsewhere, more and more of these tinted windows on the buses. And I do think they don't want us to see how few people are actually in those buses because it is frustrating as hell. When you look at that and you see what you're paying, uh, one of the most powerful city departments, because in terms of politics, uh, is the transit department because they have hundreds and hundreds of employees. And uh, I guarantee you, I give you my word, ladies and gentlemen, the research that I have done, uh, they're very active politically to make sure that that transit system continues, at least here in Albuquerque, uh, doing very, very little to take cars off the road, doing very, very little to help the environment, maybe even the opposite. But uh, politically, uh, it gets votes for Keller and his ilk. Uh, transit is really one of the government's yeah. big jams is transit. Let's talk more about woke politics, uh, shall we, Dowd? Let's uh, further down here. Student success stories. This one coming from the state of New Mexico, uh, universe, New Mexico State University. Oh, Dowd, um, you must have had a field day when you read this. And Oh, Yes, Dolores Huerta, co-founder of the United Farm Workers Association, will be the keynote speaker on Saturday, April 2nd, during the Paul Taylor Social Justice Symposium. Yes, folks, these are people who are getting their degrees. You have uh, a doctor, that's the Dr. Carlos Cano, Raimundo Chavira, Orlando Munoz, and Concepcion Mendoza. You want to know what these folks all have in common? It's called free education that they're getting on your dime. And these are not people from the state of New Mexico, folks. They want to know how the college assistant migrant program impacted their lives and careers during the 17th annual Paul Taylor Social Justice Symposium. During this year's Social Justice Symposium, April 1st and 2nd, they're going to talk about their life stories along with the keynote speech by, you guessed it, folks, the co-founder of the United Farm Workers Association. Literal indoctrination at the Department of Agriculture in the New Mexico State University. Disgusting. It's unbelievable. I mean, the higher education system serves two functions. It is a jobs program for people who can't or won't be employed by the private sector. And of course, they return those votes to the people who give them their jobs. And it's an ideological uh, ideological shock troops, basically. Uh, this symposium, uh, according to the press release, you paid for this press release, uh, was founded by uh, revered New Mexico legislator and longtime educator J. Paul Taylor. Uh, I don't know if you revere J. Paul Taylor. I've done a little digging into his background. I don't revere J. Paul Taylor, and I'm a resident of New Mexico, and I pay taxes here. Uh, he is 101 years old. I guess the you know survived the, the coronavirus. An American, a former politician, Democratic, shocking Democratic member of the New Mexico House of Representatives. I guess he was there for uh, 18 years. He attended government universities, became a teacher and academic administrator. 
down in Las Cruces. Uh, his love for New Mexico, his dedication to the state's cultural heritage and commitment to social justice have been an inspiration to many. Uh, again, for 18 years, he was a state representative. He developed a reputation as a strong advocate for arts and culture, bilingual education, and assistant uh, assistance for indigent and disabled New Mexico. He was also instrumental in elevating the state office of cultural affairs to a cabinet level department and served three terms as a member of the Museum of New Mexico Board of uh, Regents. Uh, I can't find any research on him trying to lighten the burden of government that is placed on uh, hardworking New, Me New Mexicans. I can't find him uh, any research on him working to get us off the federal dole. I can't find any evidence of him working to get our people to be so uh, less self-destructive uh, when it comes to our, our the personal choices made. So he is a, a, a liberal demigod uh, still with us, I guess 101 years old, and uh, New Mexico State University is using your dollars to promote his symposium. But doubt is he vaxxed? Is the reason why he survived to 101, is he vaxxed? I'd love to know whether or not he's vaxxed out. Good question. I'm, right, I'm, get, I'm getting on it tonight. I'm on it tonight. Yeah, you can't look at these things. By the way, folks, nobody would bring you this stuff. Exactly zero people would be talking to you about this. Another victim uh, story. Here we are. This woman goes on and on. Uh, Diana Villanueva. Here she is. She's a... Um, <clears throat> More stories from uh, uh, Diana Villanueva uh, down south. She is a person who's akin to um, the woman over at KOAT, very woke. She's talking and whining and bitching and moaning about disability access service. Um, here it is. They're working to help students with minor engineers and non-visible disabilities and making sure that they receive their reasonable accommodation and their courses to have an equal playing field inside and outside the classroom, Dowd. Assistant Administrator McKinsey caught on with the stigma during her senior year. She suffered from car accident that left her with temporary injuries, which made her struggle in classes, being at a disadvantage with some of the other classmates. Um... Even though her work enforces in New Mexico State University students' accommodations to have an equal playing field in their courses, she did not consider her injury at the time to even qualify for accommodation. So now we've got another group that we get to go ahead and qualify at the university level. Folks, uh, can we be, can we be uh, accommodated for our conservative viewpoints? And maybe that should be some sort of disadvantage since we are uh, in the minority here in the state. I mean, just more stuff that qualifies. And you wouldn't have to think that any of this stuff qualifies or even needs to because... Uh, why do we looking for more victim categories here in the state? I uh, couldn't agree more, Eddie. I think that uh, at first you'll you'll perceive us. Many of you, you listeners might perceive us as being callous. My my issue here is it is a relentless. There seems to be a relentless drive to add more names to the victimization status rather than uh, a culture that sort of empowers people and put and, and and spurs them on and encourages them and motivates them to overcome whatever uh, traits, uh, qualities, uh, disadvantages they may have. That's where I'm coming in on this. There are obviously mental illness, uh, according to this article, uh, Disability Services works with uh, accommodation for students with non-visible disabilities like mental illness. The problem is the problem comes when you're 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 drawing those boundaries way way out. There's a talk show host in Boston who was told by a a cop, uh, a unionized <laughs> cop, I think it was in the city of Boston, saying the way to get off on a a psych pension, apparently uh, according to the legislation and according to the collective bargaining agreement, is you just come in someday and you say, "Hey, Sarge, I had a dream last night. Uh, I took out my service revolver and I just started shooting up the precinct. Boom, get your diagnosis and you're set for life." Um, Yes, schizophrenia, terrible, you know, depression, people have PTSD. The problem is 
you can take, again, when, when does compassion become coddling? Uh, students who suffer from diagnosed medical conditions are qualified to assign a note taker students, install uh, different software programs, uh, more leniency on testing, assignment, or quizzes. Uh, again, that can be reasonable, but when you define a, dis- a disability or disadvantage so broadly as we now as we now are in our society, there's a real slippery slope here. So, um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of you know soccer moms might read this and the chickification of the culture, as Mr. Limbaugh used to say. Uh, this is all wonderful. There is uh, another side to this when you can take it too far, and I guess that's my concern. I thought this article written by the, the student newspaper down in in New Mexico State was, uh, you know, again only giving one side of the perspective. Uh, we've become a very, very, very soft country. I don't think we've been well served by that. Uh, and so uh, let's not run away with all of the accommodations for anybody with any kind of problem, especially mental health problems, because you can't. It's, it can be very difficult to diagnose that. You can, you know, it's very easy to fake something like this. Uh, it's also the mental health community, as much as I appreciate the work a lot of these people do, uh, a lot of times they want to keep you uh, uh, in, in, in therapy, keep you on drugs. The, the goal isn't to sort of get you better and get you back to a, a healthy, productive life where you're out there kicking tail uh, and living a, a great life, uh, maybe even making a good salary and being a taxpaying citizen. So uh, I think uh, th- it is not too much of a stretch for me to red flag this and say, you know, let's be let's be careful about this, okay? Because we are reaching a point where everyone in the country will qualify as some kind of victimization status. Uh, that's not that's exactly right. That's not the America we've had for right. centuries. That's not the America my, mm-hmm. my grandparents' generation came up with. Uh, it was all about overcoming Maybe you maybe you acknowledge a problem, but you you're working toward overcoming it and saying, I'm not uh, different than anybody at the end of the day. And maybe I do have something that holds me back, but I'm going to use this as a motivator uh, to get what I want or pursue the goals and that I want in life. And uh, yeah, call me callous all you want. But I just think this is a slippery, slippery slope. And when I read this, uh, the red flag went up uh, in my brain. I don't think any of these uh, stories, by the way, you can find all these in the blast are meant to be anything other than just information that's coming out. That's the way they intended it. And that's the way that on first pass, you might look at it if you're a subscriber to the rock of talk chat. But what you'll find on a, a second level, third level uh, uh, look at this is why is this included? What you should you be looking at? And this is just being media savvy, paying attention to the crap that's coming out, how to sift through it and realizing uh, why are they including uh, news releases for Burnco or New Mexico State University? or the stuff because these are things that you wouldn't oftentimes hear and we need to get you to pay attention to the stuff that's right in front of your noses that gets told to you about oh it's no big deal that this is how uh, that's great they're helping people with disabilities and you're like oh are we are these people really disabled do they really need the help do we need another program does free buses really a good good idea given all the things that have been preached given the fact that they're and we'll talk about this tomorrow that they're going to ban vehicles in washington state that have any gas by 2030 like you you have to start educating yourself at this level since right now. Uh, the next one is a city which has yet to be woke, but is trying its hardest, its damnedest to be woke, and that would be Hobbs, New Mexico. Yes, way down in Eddy and Lee County are uh, the beautiful oil-producing uh, states, cities, uh, counties uh, of our area. <clears throat> We've got two candidates for sheriff, Dowd who can be nicknamed Chewy. Uh, let's let's talk about their backgrounds. The outgoing guy, by the way, uh, who's leaving behind a $150,000 job on his own, told, and his name is Ortolano, he is leaving the new son, uh, he, or he told the new son, he's leaving 
because the state of New Mexico's inability to make changes conducive to law enforcement. Yep. So what are we going to hire there? Oh, Hobbs is becoming woke. We've heard about, well, they just, in Hobbs, they just throw babies in the dumpsters with um, no recourse, by the way. Now you can just get a baby, have it, throw it in the dumpster and uh, no follow-up off or anything. The state as a whole, here's what Ortolano says. And I, I'm imagining his breaking point was at the time the, the, the young lady uh, 16 years old, who threw her baby in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. The state as a whole is not doing anything, in my opinion, to be positive influence on law enforcement. I am not seeing anything on the horizon that is good for New Mexico. So who do you have coming in? Who do you have being interviewed for this $167,000 job? Uh, let's go ahead. Jesus Campa of El Paso, Texas. Uh, he has a master's and a bachelor's. This is what you want in your sheriffs, apparently. A master's and a bachelor's degree and works as a professor at the University of Texas, El Paso, and a CEO of America's Best Strategic Security Group and prior experience as a police chief, deputy chief. He's leaving the university curriculum to be sheriff of Hobbs, New Mexico. Something's questionable there. No, well, that's the first Chewy, by the way. August Fonz of Hobbs, a doctorate. When's the last time you heard of a sheriff being a doctorate? It's like, this is idiotic. A master's and a bachelor. Talk about overqualified. It probably is great at teaching or being pretty smart. Probably terrible at, at using a gun. And is currently serving as the interim chief of the city of Hobbs, has prior experience as a master law enforcement instructor, served as director for law enforcement academy and a deputy cabinet secretary and police cabinet. Way too much bureaucracy for my police chief, as yep. far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have Virgil Green. I guess this is the token black guy. I'm imagining Virgil. Did you look him up? Is he black? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He actually wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago for the newspaper down there. About being very, black somehow? Very woke, very woke. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. So, and, so you have your black woke guy. You got to have that guy. If you don't throw him into the mix, there's going to be some level of, you know, you got the Rooney rule that you got to. I don't, uh, let's see, we've got Virgil Green of Oklahoma City. He has a uh, bachelor's degree, works as director of safety and security of ASM Global and the Oklahoma City Convention Center. Wow. His prior experience is a chief of police, deputy chief, where? And then uh, the second Chewy is Chewy Orozco of Los Lunas, has a bachelor's degree, works as a surveillance manager of Laguna Development Corporation, has prior experience as a public safety department director. Let me tell you, for this $167,000 job, after having a guy who's essentially leaving because the state isn't doing anything, he's not seeing anything on the positive of the horizon, and has already have another job lined up for himself, uh, folks, he's leaving Hobbs for dead. Is what he's essentially doing. Dowd, uh, I dare you to disagree with me on that. I like that phrase. I'm copying it right now. <laughs> Leaving Hobbs for dead. <laughs> Roadkill. <laughs> the Kiva. All right, so we got a lot more to get to. I laid all these out and you can find them in order at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, That's rockoftalk.chat. I gotta say I had uh, more fun reading about all this stuff um, than anything. Uh, Lanel, uh, we're honoring women. Uh, and uh, this is the wife of a Oppenheimer live-in, I guess. They moved, interestingly enough, from Berkeley, California here 
to uh, Los Alamos, New Mexico, and her name, Charlotte Serber. I'm not sure why Los Alamos National Labs decided to go ahead and put this out. Maybe they were hearing a lot of our broadcasts there. Maybe they were uh, considering our assault a woman. This woman got hired as a librarian and wasn't even dealing with an actual library itself. Um, I thought this was interesting and noteworthy to be included, uh, that you included this down. I think just for the wokeness that's going on at Los Alamos National Labs, I'm assuming that's where you were going with this. Uh, yeah, and, and again, I, I follow the labs very closely. I want our national labs working on nuclear, our nuclear deterrent. Um, listen, it's fascinating history. I have all the Richard Rhodes books, The Dark Sun, The Making of the Atomic Bomb, a lot of New Mexico history in those books. This is, again, a press release from Los Alamos, Los Alamos National Laboratory. I want them working on nukes. If you have a, you know how many historical uh, various organizations and, and, and individual historians are up there in Los Alamos? They've documented everything that's happened since 1943. Uh, why not one of those individuals or one of those organizations working on uh, the story of Charlotte Serber seems to be a, a, a fine person who contributed to our national security. I have no, I have no problem with that. I want, I want press releases from Los Alamos National Laboratory about how effective and how wonderful our nuclear bombs are. That's where I'm coming from here. And I did an analysis on rockettalk.chat a couple of weeks ago about all the press releases from Sandia and Los Alamos and all the non-nuclear things that they're spending uh, your tax dollars on. So again, call me a crotchety old man. Uh, it, it, it is what it is. I want a uh, government that is focused on the things that it should be focused on. Leave history to the historians. And there are plenty of historians up in Los Alamos. And finally, Dowd, why don't we go ahead and include a story about my uh, my old stomping grounds. Uh, I shouldn't say they're my stomping grounds, but a lot of my family grew up in that area. Tucumcari and uh, Logan, New Mexico. Um, for the first time in nearly a century, ladies and gentlemen, Logan, New Mexico, uh, which was generally a pretty rich, remember you think about West Texas, might be left, believe me, for without a bank. That's right, folks. They had to vote, and they. And I like how the Democratic. I looked them up, uh, both of them down. I like how the Democratic, uh, quote unquote, counselors there were uh, uh, hedging on the side of we should just let, let let private business pursue its own private business. Here it is: the Tucumcari City Commission on Thursday barely approved a resolution, and I like you can hear the op-ed coming from the right-leaning paper there in the Quay County. What is that? The Quay County Sun? Is that what that is? Uh, Quay County Sun. Yep. That asked New Mexico Bank and Trust to rethink the planned closing of its Logan branch later this year. The resolution requests Iowa-based, which owns uh, New Mexico Bank and Trust, to reconsider its decision to close its Logan branch. The Chicken Carry Logan School Boards, Quake County Commission, Conservancy District, etc., and the village boards all joined in and opposing the branches closing the entire community. But here's what stands out: there's two guys that almost made it happen the other way. They're literally just asking permission to prevent it from closing. That's it. They're not preventing it from closing. They're just trying to say, "Hey, we want to go to the bank and ask them not to close." And they almost prevented even that from happening. Uh, whether it's Tucum Carry or Hobbs or whatever, uh, it woke is definitely going broke, even in uh, parts that are traditionally pretty conservative down. Uh, you got to feel 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 bad for these little communities to to lose a bank. I mean, that's such a central core institution in in, in out on the plains. And uh, I feel for rural New Mexico. I wish I wish most of our counties were growing. Unfortunately, they're not.
Yeah, they're not. Oh, uh, we got to hit our top five. We got to hit the uh, hit the goalpost here to, to exit out uh, our top five. Brought to you by RockUpTalk.chat every morning at four a.m. Dowd, uh, lay it on us. We're gonna go real fast like the FedEx guy. Uh, number one, uh, Studio Six Six Six. We had a little discussion of that at the beginning of the program. Again, you want to subscribe? You'll get these links. Uh, uh, the dead uh, Mr. Hawkins uh, rock star. Kind of a, a weird weird story going on there. Number two, uh, Mr. Uh, Trump's uh, interview uh, on Rumble. He says he doesn't want to be Speaker of the House. Eddie thinks that's something he should be going for. Uh, number three, the blaze. We're going to get into this tomorrow. Washington State. No more non-electric cars by 2030. Uh, number four, uh, what we just discussed, the black alumni chapter at UNM honoring a current politician. And number five, boy, the Biden doctrine in foreign policy is looking a lot like the Bush doctrine. Not a good thing. There we go, Dowd. I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. This will be my live broadcast uh, from El Paso. Dowd, great job. Eric, great Dowd. Uh, great job. We've worked out all the kinks. We'll see you tomorrow bright and early 4 p.m. in the Kiva. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Bill O'Reilly here, Wednesday, March 30th, 2022.